Let me let the public in. Let me start recording on Zoom. Recording in progress. Chair Luxembourg, all public is in. I hand it over to you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Director Phipps to uh, call the uh, call to order. Thank you, Chair, and good evening, everyone. This regular meeting is being held pursuant to Government Code Section 54953, subsection E, and in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the Planning Commission on February 15th, 2023, will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website. With that, I will move to roll call. Commissioner Saad. Here. Commissioner Grant. Here. Commissioner Feller. Here. Vice Chair Junius. Present. Chair Luxembourg. Here. We have achieved quorum and all commissioners are present. Thank you, Chair. Uh, next item on the agenda is the approval of, of the agenda. Do I have a motion for approval? So moved. Second. Uh, Director Phipps, if you could call roll. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Um, uh, excuse me, uh, which date was this for? I'm sorry. This is this is simply uh, the, the approval of this evening's agenda. Oh, the agenda. I'm sorry. I thought we were at minutes. Oh, yes. Thank you. Commissioner Feller? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Luxembourg? Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you, Chair. Uh, the next item is public comments for items not on this agenda. Director Phipps, if you can give instructions to any public that wants to talk about items that aren't on this evening's agenda. Certainly. Thank you, Chair. This is the time for the Planning Commission to hear from citizens regarding matters that are not on the agenda, except in very limited situations. State law precludes the Planning Commission from taking action on or engaging in discussions concerning items of business that are not on the agenda. However, the Planning Commission may refer matters not on the agenda to staff or direct the subject to be agendized at a future meeting. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it is your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I'll look and see on the list here and see if there's any raised hands. Uh, Director Fix, I'm not seeing any raised hands. Are you seeing any raised hands? Seeing none, Chair. Okay, uh, with that, uh, we will move on to the next item on the agenda, which is the approval of Planning Commission uh, minutes. Uh, the first is the draft minutes for January 11th, 2023. Uh, are there any questions? I'll look for raised hands for any questions on the draft minutes for uh, January 11th. Uh, seeing none, is there a motion to approve? Motion to approve. Second. Okay, it's been moved and seconded. Uh, Director Pips, if you could call the roll. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? You're muted, Richard. You're muted. 
about a, a thumbs up? <laughs> um, or a thumbs down? <laughs> uh, Richard, if, if you if we can't get unmuted, if you could just thumbs up or thumbs down for approval of the minutes. No vote for the minutes. All right. No vote for the minutes. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. Uh, I think you're having some technical problems, Richard. For the record, we do need an oral roll call vote for for action at remote meetings. Okay, uh, Richard. Let's see if we can get your uh, your um, uh, microphone fixed in some way. Uh, Perhaps he can call back in so he's on audio on the phone and visual on his computer. In the spirit of uh, potentially moving this item forward, um, in the absence of Commissioner Graff's ability to provide oral yay or nay, um, would it make sense for us to see if we we achieve at least three yay votes in connection with the approval of these minutes and, and move forward? Uh, City Attorney, open to any comments. suggestion that we revisit the this particular agenda item later yeah I, I think that we can do that at the chair's discretion okay so well why don't we we'll put this item on hold and we will take the minutes after uh the public hearing uh but we're gonna need to which is still gonna need to call in to be able to uh before the next meeting so we're still gonna have to do that um uh while we're on this item though I, um I just wanted to ask a question, Director Phipps. Uh, the minutes for the January 12th meeting, uh, which uh, are were taken, I believe, by the city clerk's office, do we have to approve those joint minutes as well? Or then maybe that's a, uh, a city attorney Rudin question also. Um, I don't see the harm in you approving them. Um, is that? I mean, is the we we don't have we don't actually have them because they weren't sent to us. But once we get okay. them, we have to approve them. Well, we'll address that that issue if it, uh, it. You know, you can't approve them if they're not on your agenda. So I think that's another right. point for this evening. Uh, yeah, I guess what uh, my direction is, uh, if you could find out whether we're supposed to approve them, and then they can be agendized for our next meeting. Uh, but they obviously occur between. Uh, January 11th and January 25th. So that's why I'm flagging it here. So, um, all right. So, our um, Richard, uh, can you try to call in or something? Um, either try to call in or try to do something on your computer to increase the volume or something. I don't know. Is does anybody know on Zoom if there's a way to increase the volume? Uh, I know you can change microphones, but. Um, there's nothing we can do on our side. It has, it has to do with his computer. Okay, and if you go, 
it says mute on the bottom and maybe you can pick a different microphone, Richard, try that. No. Chair, can I suggest- He's gonna call in, he's gonna call in. Yes, what can you suggest? That somebody reach out and call him like Director Phipps or possibly some other staff member. So we he's, he's calling in right now, he said. Uh, he's, he's holding up his phone, so. Um, um, so Maria, if you could watch for if he shows up on the on the phone numbers. Uh, Maria, is he calling user two? Richard, can you speak into the phone if that's you? Can you hear me now? Now we can hear you. Yes. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, you're now that we can hear you. My phone. Uh, well, hopefully, and you're looking at me through my computer. Uh, I, I can see you through your computer. We can hear you through your phone. So uh, we, let's go back to uh, the agenda item. Uh, we were doing a roll Thank call you, vote on the minutes um, for January 11th. Um, and your vote on that is? Richard? Richard, you're, you're muted again. I keep clicking on unmute. There we go. Yeah, there we go. There we go. We're good. Uh, okay. uh, on the minutes of January 11th, uh, there was a vote being taken. Director Fix, if you can continue the roll with uh, 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 Commissioner Graff. Yes, we, re we received a yes from Commissioner Saad. Commissioner Graff? I abstain because I was not at that meeting. Okay. Uh, now, we under, now we understand the symbol that you were providing. Thank you. <laughs> Commissioner Feller? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Luxembourg? Yes. Motion passes. Okay, let's move on to the meeting, uh, mini minutes for January 25th. Any questions? Uh, raise your hand if you have any questions regarding those minutes. Uh, uh, Commissioner Saad. I only had one note on line 17. It, it says both Chair Feller moved and Chair Luxembourg seconded. I think it's just a typo, just to call that out. 
Okay. Um, are there any I assume other questions? it means Commissioner Feller and uh, Chair Luxembourg. No, no other questions. So uh, can I have a motion with that amendment? M motion to approve the amendment. Seconded. Second. Okay, we have, uh, we have a motion and a second. Uh, Director Phipps, call roll, please. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Commissioner Feller? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Luxembourg? Yes. Motion passes. Thank you, Chair. Okay, uh, next item is uh, our, our, our public hearings. And before we do that, uh, we'll go and see if the commissioners have any ex parte communications. Uh, so if, uh, if we could start with Commissioner Saad. Nothing to declare. Okay, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Feller. Nothing to declare. Thank you. Commissioner Graff. Nothing to declare. Okay. Did you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Junior, uh, Vice Chair Junius. Nothing to declare. Uh, and I have nothing to declare as well. Uh, so at this point, we're going to go to the public hearing on 7074 Liberty Ship. Commissioner Feller. Yes. Um, just regarding Commissioner Graff, uh, does he not need to recuse from this item? Uh, I was hoping he was going to do I that do. with the uh, with the extra but he he didn't. So, Commissioner uh, Graff, uh, do you want to recuse yourself for this item? Uh, yes, apparently I need to do that, and I'm sorry I didn't catch that in the uh, other section there. So, um, what do I do here? Turn off my. So video. you you can you can leave your you can leave your. Uh, Sound on because you can participate as a uh, as a resident of Sausalito, but you you turn you in essence step out of the room by turning your video off, and just indicate that you're just indicate that you're recusing yourself for uh, because you will li live within 500 feet of the project site. Do we have to vote on that? Um, I think he's muted, Sharon. Sure. Uh, let's ask the city, the city attorney Rudin. What what specifically has to occur here? Um, typically, it would be the 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 member who would make that statement. But I think it's fine that you've made it for him. Can you, can you hear me it, now? He's made it clear he would like to recuse himself, um, and uh, he is allowed to participate as a member of the public during public comment uh, if he would like to do so. But he doesn't have to. Um, so I think, you know, given that he has stated his recusal, uh, I think the item can go forward at this point. Uh, thank you, uh, City Attorney Rudin. Uh, with that, uh, Director Phipps, if you could describe for us the, the, the order of events for the public hearing and what people need to do uh, with in that regard. Certainly, Chair. Thank you. So for, for a regular public hearing, um, we start off with a staff presentation this evening. Tricia Stevens, senior contract planner, will be providing a staff presentation in connection with the item. Following the presentation, there will be questions for staff from members of the Planning Commission. Following those questions, there will be an applicant presentation um, as desired, 15 minutes per team. The Planning Commission will have an opportunity to ask questions of the applicant. There will be public comment 
following commission questions, three minutes per speaker. Um, there will be an opportunity for the applicant to provide rebuttal to public comment with reserved time, if applicable. Uh, and there will be a planning commission discussion, deliberation, and potential decision after that. Uh, thank you, Director Phipps. Um, uh, for the planning commissioners, uh, given the number of participants, I will ask for questions from from planning commissioners of first of the staff and then the applicant at that time by raise of hands rather than calling on you uh, to sort of expedite that part. Um, and uh, so just raise your hands in the Zoom application or just physically raise your hands. Uh, when people have the opportunity to do the three minutes, if somebody indicates something that you wanted to say, you can feel free to say that you agree with somebody and you don't necessarily need to repeat what somebody else had to say. Uh, but again, everybody will be given three minutes to say whatever uh, comments they have relative to the project. Uh, at the end of three minutes, the, the, the mics do go off. So be, be advised and we will put up the timer so you can see it. With that, uh, I would like to turn it over to uh, uh, Tricia Stevens to give us a presentation uh, regarding item 5A. So Tricia, if you could proceed with that. Can everybody, um, just a sec. Can everybody see me and see the screen okay? Yes. 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 Okay. Um, good evening, members of the commission. Uh, my name is Tricia Stevens, and I'm a contract planner working on behalf of the city. Um, I have here also Steve Peterson and Daniel Hoffman with DUDEC. Um, they're the preparers of the CEQA document, and they're here to help any questions. I won't go over the agenda since Brandon just did. Um, I'd like to just um, describe the site and the project first. Um, the project is located on a 3.9 acre site at the end of uh, Liberty Ship Way adjacent to the Schumacher Marina. It's located in the industrial and waterfront zoning districts and in the general plan. And um, it's uh, currently developed with dry boat storage and it's adjacent to the Mono Marsh and the trail. And to the Southeast is um, the Galilee Harbor and then other industrial buildings to the uh, West and Southwest. The requested entitlements are a design review permit and a conditional use permit for a small food service facility as well as adoption of the initial study and mitigated negative declaration. Um, here are some photos of the uh, existing conditions. As I mentioned, it's in a, um, the existing conditions are a boat storage. Uh, so these are some photos of um, existing buildings on the side, um, the beach at the Schumacher Marina, and then an aerial view of showing the Mono Marsh and the trail system. Uh, before I describe the project, um, here is a brief chronology 
um, of uh, events associated with the project. Um, I just wanted to highlight that um, the application was deemed complete in November of 2020. The, um, the first um, circulation of the mitigated neck deck was done in February of 2021. The Planning Commission had a study session in March of 2021. And then um, the MD was recirculated in October of uh, 2021. It was also reviewed by the Historic Preservation Commission in October 2021. The Planning Commission had a second study session on October 20th, 2021. Um, the project was also reviewed by the Pedestrian and Bicycle Advisory Committee in January of 2022. Um, the applicant um, hosted a community meeting in September of 2022. And, um, and then the response to comments on the MND were made available to the public in August of 2022. Um, here is the site plan for the project. Um, it consists of uh, three buildings. Building A, um, which is one that faces um, the bike trail and Mono Marsh, and Building B, which is on the north side. Um, up here is the Schumacher Marina and the beach area. And then Building C um, is located at the eastern edge. So this orients you to the general site plan. I have to pause my, there we go. Um, here's a summary of the proposed uses and the buildings. There's a total of 45,635 uh, square feet um, combined in the three buildings. Um, building A, which is uh, 17,679 square feet would have uh, dry boat storage, manufacturing, and warehousing. Building B, um, building A and B are in the industrial district in the marine ship and, and in the zoning. Um, building B, which is um, close to 17,000 square feet, would house uh, manufacturing, repair, and maintenance. And um, I just wanted to make a quick clarification about medical services. Um, it does show that there might be some medical services. These would not be offices or clinics. There would be any kind of um, manufacturing uh, related to medical devices, for example, or laboratories. And then Building C, which is located in the waterfront district, um, would have marine industrial and marine commercial spaces with a um, small 20 seat of food facility, um, such as a deli. Um, I'm gonna show you a series of renderings of the proposed buildings. This is um, building A. Um, from the um, 
viewpoint of um, the bike trail. Uh, this is a close-up of building A uh, on the south side, showing some of the enhancements that were made to the building um, in conjunction with the October 2021 study session. Uh, this is um, a view of building C looking kind of easterly at building C with um, building A on the right. And this is a rendering of the project entryway from Liberty Ship with um, buildings um, A and B. Um, in October of 2021, the applicant had uh, prepared um, some modifications to the site plan and to the elevations in particular for building A um, in response to concerns about the architecture. So this slide shows some of the things that were added, including additional uh, planters and recessing of the roll-up doors and adding a notch and um, adding um, some landscaping and uh, recessed building facade um, in the middle. The project is subject to the 2021 general plan. And um, it is consistent with the waterfront and the industrial designations in the general plan. And some of the key policies um, in the general plan that are relevant to this project is that the general plan promotes and encourages new marine industrial uses. It promotes um, new industrial uses that are small scale, low traffic generating, non-polluting, and contribute to the economic sustainability of the marine ship. And uh, it also, general plan policies, policies also speak to promoting and enhancing public access and enjoyment of the Sausalito waterfront from both the land and the water approaches. In staff's view, the uh, project is consistent with the general plan. Also, um, the project is consistent with the Marin ship specific plan and the zoning ordinance. Um, we analyzed it um, against all those standards and policies. Um, the proposed uses are allowed uses in the zone. The site, um, the project complies with the height and setback and building coverage and floor area ratio and landscaping requirements of the zoning code. Um, it requires with, uh, complies with the parking requirements. There are 100 spaces, um, 90 of which are for the project and includes nine spaces available. Uh, for the public during the uh, weekdays. Um, with regard to public access, um, I'm going to talk about that in a little more detail in just a moment. Um, in terms of the conditional use permit for the small-scale uh, restaurant, um, uh, we feel that it's consistent with the findings for that conditional use permit and that it has a maximum of 
20 seats and it's designed to serve employees of the project and that there would only be signage on the building and there would not be any offsite um, signage that directs people to the site. And then in terms of height and bulk and massing, I'm gonna talk about that in a little more detail in just one moment. Um, I'd like to um, talk a little bit about the um, mitigated uh, negative declaration um, to comply with CEQA, um, an initial study mitigated MND, and I'll refer to it as the MND, was prepared and circulated uh, twice and with a response to the comments made um, on the environmental document provided in August of 2022. And also attached to the uh, staff report are, uh, is it a supplemental memo that addresses um, further comments. And in summary, um, all potentially significant impacts can be mitigated to less than significant levels. And um, um, in our analysis, there's no substantial evidence of a significant impacts um, that would trigger the preparation of um, EIR. And staff has reviewed all the um, noticing requirements um, with the city attorney. And um, we feel that all the noticing complies with the requirements and in fact exceeds um, those um, base requirements. The MND uh, addresses a number of topic areas and provides mitigation, mitigation measures on number of areas. I won't go through these one by one, um, um, but these are the seven topic areas that have mitigation measures. The first issue that I'd like, um, the next part of my presentation is going to go through a number of issues that have been brought up and um, been raised as concerned by the Planning Commission and members and and the public. I think by far the most um, comments received has to do with the mass and scale. Um, and uh, mass and scale um, are evaluated based on the following factors. And first one would be compliance with the development standards for height, uh, floor area, and building coverage. And in staff's um, view that the project complies with all those development standards. The second um, evaluation is compliance with the de design review and their marineship specific plan findings related to massing. And um, those findings are that the project would be consistent with the general scale of structures and buildings in the surrounding neighborhood and district, and also that the proposed project has been located and designed to minimize obstruction of public views and primary views from private property. And the third area of analysis would be policies related to uh, view corridors. 
with respect to the design review findings um, for compatibility with existing structures, staff's um, view is that the proposed buildings are similar in scale with other um, building, buildings in the Marin Ship and the vicinity. And here are um, some photos of some of the existing buildings in along um, a Liberty Ship Way. With respect to the design review findings, um, uh, well, with respect to views, um, I'm gonna first talk about private views and then public views. Um, story poles um, have been erected to show the height and width of the proposed buildings. Um, and in looking at private views, in particular, in particular from Galilee Harbor, the analysis shows that the that some of the views of Mount Tam may be blocked by the project, um, but some of those views are still maintained and um, they're intermittent views. Um, the proposed, the project attempts to minimize um, um, the obstruction of views from private property. And um, even though there is still some um, view blockage. However, in our view, there's no requirement to maintain all of um, existing conditions. So this, um, in this photos, this is, shows the story poles in this location, in this location. And then this is a rendering of the buildings from, uh, from Galilee Harbor. With respect to public views, the MND aesthetic section looked at established view quarters in the Marin Ship specific plan and views from public spaces. The conclusion from this analysis is that public views from the bike trail are actually enhanced by the elimination of the storage area and that intermittent views of Mount Tam are maintained. And then um, the specific plan has uh, a couple of view corridors that, uh, that there's policies that speak to that. And view corridor I are views from Bridgeway towards Richardson Bay and the, whoops, and the renderings show that um, those views are maintained as well as views from Dun Dunphy Park. Uh, the next issue that I wanted to talk about was sea level rise and um, the main general plan policy that informs sea level rise is essentially states that sea level rise modeling in particular, the bay wave modeling will be used as a base for city documents and plans. Um, the CEQA analysis uh, focuses on flooding and um, as sea level rise isn't um, listed as a CEQA impact. <coughs> and in your materials, um, you have the applicant's analysis, including their um, engineer's analysis um, of the relationship to um, 
bay wave modeling and sea level rise projections. And you also have comments from the sea level rise task force as well as the applicants response to the, the task force's comments. Um, the basic conclusion of this analysis is that the finished floors would be above the uh, mean, time, mean, mean tide in 2100 by uh, based on uh, those predictions and it would be five to seven feet above um, that level. And the project would also be above the 500 year flood level and um, and the conclusion that we reached from this analysis is that the project would not exacerbate or alter the impact of sea level rise on the project or on adjacent properties. Um, and the applicant will be prepared to go into more detail if necessary on this analysis in terms of um, uh, looking at the different um, projections for sea level rise for the community. Uh, the next issue I wanted to talk about was the pedestrian bicycle trail uh, next to the um, next to the uh, marsh, and the project provides uh, five connections um, to the bike trail. And it also includes bollards and lighting along those connection points. Project provides nine spaces available during business hours and, and on weekends and evenings. And then there's eight spaces that would be available in the evenings and during the weekends. And the uh, signage would be posted throughout the um, uh, project using the BCDC signage requirements. Sorry, my it's not advancing here. Sorry, there we, there we go. Um, these are some photos of the. Uh, the bike trail, um, it extends uh, from the southeast and it was constructed in about 1990 and it connects to Schumacher Beach. And this is a photo of the uh, existing um, conditions on the bike trail. In response to um, some of the comments that have been received and comments from the Planning Commission. We looked into um, the history of the bike trail and existing easements and maintenance responsibilities. And um, the construction of the bike trail was a requirement of the BCDC permits. Um, and then the assignments for maintenance of the trail uh, were made subsequent to that. And the subject property um, that's before you here has maintenance responsibility for the landscaping um, next to the bike trail and um, and the interface. Uh, but the marina 
the Schumacher Marina property owners, which is a separate property, have uh, maintenance responsibilities over the bike trail itself. Um, the Pedestrian and Bicycle Advisory Committee did review this and- um, Tricia, they, can, I, can I just interrupt you there? I, I wanna understand that particular issue. Uh, is who owns the bike trail? Has it been deeded? Is there an easement? Do we have a document that describes all this? Um, the underlying property is owned by the subject property and there are easements. Uh, there's an easement for the bike trail that's to the benefit of the city to ensure public access, but the maintenance of the bike trail itself is under the responsibility of the uh, Schumacher Marina. Do we have documents that, that describe that? Uh, uh, yes, yes, there is documents that do describe that. Are they within the documents we have this evening or are there additional documents you need to send us? Um, some of the <laughs> history of those assignments of ease that's pretty convoluted and we did not attach those to the staff report. We did um, provide the commission with the um, BCDC permits um, for this. Okay, thank you. I'll ask more questions later about that. I just wanted to clarify that. Thank you. Keep, okay, keep and um, there was quite a bit of discussion at the advisory committee about the trail and some of the uh, blocked views and uh, the Schumacher Marina property owners, they've um, recently repaved the trail and they removed or trimmed some of the um, vegetation that uh, was either dead or that uh, blocked views. And so um, in the particular case here, the applicant is responsible for improvements that are under their control. And there are conditions um, in the resolution that speak to um, their responsibilities for landscaping and um, a open fence and bollards and signage and so forth. Um, another issue was um, um, the ownership of the property and we reviewed um, the historical documents and um, the conclusion is is that um, this sub this project that's before you today is a separate parcel um, duly approved and recorded and a separate from the other properties in the area there are existing, um, easements for um, joint access and reciprocal parking, which are private um, private easements. Um, and and after looking at all this, we did not feel that there's any obligation for this project to address deficiencies on other properties. Um, another issue was um, transportation. And um, there was a traffic study that was prepared 
um, that uh, analyze the trip generation from the project and impacts on intersections and roadways in the area and the mitigation measures in the MND um, are that um, there is a need for the extension of the eastbound left turn lane at Easterby Street and Bridgeway intersections and that the applicant would be obligated to pay, uh, pay a fair, fair share amount um, towards that improvement and that fair share amount is 84%. Um, you've also received comments from adjacent property owners about the need for other improvements in the Marin ship, um, in particular pedestrian and uh, bicycle facilities and um, the need for an assessment district or improvement district is a separate issue from this project. Um, in terms of on-site circulation, uh, we noted that there uh, is a, a choke point. Um, this is sort of kind of upside down here, so apologize for that. And there is a, a choke point at the entryway to the project um, coming in here. So part of it will be one way um, for the time being. And then, um, um, and then when these other buildings might be demolished or changed, um, the applicant has uh, will be obligated to widen it to a two-way um, where they have control over it. And this plan here shows the accessible parking being dispersed and accessible passive travel connected to the trail and the beach and the restrooms. And final compliance with ADA requirements will be um, confirmed um, at the time of building permits. Uh, some of the other issues that have come, come up are uh, the impact on uh, Mono Marsh and um, that is um, addressed in the MND and the response to comments. Um, and the conclusion is basically that there would be, there may be some construction impacts um, uh, from construction to wildlife and habitat. However, um, the applicants would be um, required to use best management practice to reduce those impacts. Um, with regard to historic, uh, resources. Um, if the commission recalls that um, there are some historic uh, railroad tracks um, in a portion of the property, and um, that was the reason for the recirculated MND um, in October of 2021. And this was also reviewed by the Historic Preservation Commission Committee and that uh, the mitigation basically calls for covering the tracks and providing uh, documentation. Uh, there are also questions about whether or not storage is an allowed use. And we did go back and look at um, the definitions of uh, warehousing and um, distribution and that the proposed storage is in compliance. Um, with the allowed uses and that warehousing does include storage. 
Um, we also confirm that the floor area ratio conforms uh, with the zoning code. It's a different metric than building coverage and the project complies with boats. Um, with regard to the small boat tie-ups, there is a uh, standard in the Marineship specific plan that calls for small boat tie-ups um, in conjunction with waterfront development. Um, however, in this case, um, the project fronts on the Mono Marsh and, um, and we did not feel that it's feasible or practical to provide the tie-ups on the subject property. And um, so um, that that would impact the marsh too much. So um, this is a finding that the plan commission would need to make that it's not feasible to provide the boat tie-ups on this project because of its location next to the marsh. And economic viability was also an issue that was raised and the economic analysis of the project, it's not normal part of the planning review. Um, and that's essentially a, a separate matter. And the rates, um, there was concern about the lease rates and those would be um, uh, at market value as well. Um, just a few other notes on noticing. Um, we uh, looked at, went back and we looked at all the noticing for the original and the recirculated MND, and there were mailed and emailed notices published in the Marin um, Independent Journal and posted on the pro um, property. Um, and so, I complies and exceeds all CEQA requirements for noticing the M&D. And then for the public hearing tonight, um, um, all the noticing required by the city in terms of mailing to property owners within 300 feet and posting of the property have been met. And in addition to that, we sent down a massive list of email notification um, to interested parties as well. Um, there's been quite a few public comments and um, the comments on the MND were included in the response to comments and the applicant uh, sponsored a community meeting in September of 2022. And the applicant summary of that meeting was an attachment to the staff report. Um, and then there were um, about 18 comments attached to the staff report and then over 40 comments provided uh, prior to the hearing that were distributed to the planning commission in batches every couple of days. Um, so that you have received all the comments that have been submitted. So uh, staff recommendation for this evening is for the commission to um, uh, um, adopt both resolutions of, as attachments one and two to your staff report. Um, attachment one is adoption of the initial study MND with findings and attachment two is a resolution to approve the design review permit and 
the conditional use permit for the small scale food facility um, with the findings and conditions um, in that resolution. And with that, that concludes my presentation. And I'm here to answer any questions that you might have. Ms. Stevens, thank you for your presentation. Uh, at this time, uh, we're going to have the commissioners uh, uh, questions from the commissioners. Before we do that, I just want one clarification on the drawings, just so we're on the same page. You indicated that there, there were changes to the drawings. The drawings the, uh, has a series of dates on the drawings, the last of which is October 7th, 2021. And then subsequent to that date, we held a study session. And you, you indicated in the report that they made changes as a result of that, but the drawings don't show that. So were the drawings, do they have the wrong dates on them or do um, they, or no, they haven't um, been changed yet? The October 7th is the correct dates. And these were the drawings that were presented to the commission at the study session. And the changes that I described were changes that were made just, pr just prior to the October 2021 Planning Commission study session. And there have not been any uh, changes to those plans since then. So any of the comments we made related to design that did affect the drawings, none of those changes have been incorporated into the drawings is what you're telling. Uh, the, the plans have not changed since then. Um, I think the applicant would be the one to respond to um, why or why not further changes have not been made. Okay, Th thank you very much. Uh, at this time, uh, we'll go through and ask questions. I'm just gonna look for raised hands for people. If we could just raise your hand in the Zoom or whatever, uh, Commissioner Saad. Thank you, um, Chair Luxembourg. Um, thank you, Tricia. I, I have a few kind of detailed questions that are coming out of the staff report. So I'll, I'll just try to take them in order. Um, if I may find my notes. Um, on, on page 15 of the staff report, uh, it says there's a there's a concept that I'm not sure I'm I'm understanding. Um, it and I don't know if it's easier if I share my screen or if you'd like to pull up if we want to look at the same um, page. But I'll just read it out in the meantime. But I'm on page 15 and it says. Uh, the project greatly enhances access to the existing bicycle and pedestrian pathway. And then it says, in quotes, opens up the area for greater security. And I'm not sure I'm following that concept. Could you expand on that just a little bit? Um, yeah, that referenced the fact that the project provides um, the access points onto the bike trail that currently don't exist with the boat storage. And then in terms of security, by having more people around, people in the parking lot, uh, people accessing um, the trail that has more eyes on the trail, if you will, um, that uh, results in uh, better security and better um, public viewing of the of the trail. Sure. Okay. Thank you. That that, that makes sense. Um, and then do we know if building A and C are considered to be on the shoreline specifically? This is coming from page um, 
17, where it goes through the, you know, compliance and development standards. And there's that asterisk um, for height specifically. Um, but I'm wondering if, if we consider building A and building C to be um, on the shoreline. Um, building A would be on the shoreline of Mono Marsh. It's not directly on the shoreline of the bay, um, but it's on the shoreline of Mono Marsh. And um, building C, Hold on for a sec. Um, it, there's intervening property between Building C and, and the Bay, um, and that property is owned by Schumacher Marina, where there's the beach. Um, but if the beach is considered to be part of the shoreline, so then yes, C would possibly be considered part of the shoreline as well. Okay. I'm asking specifically because of the um, Marine Ship Specific Plan. So a little bit further down in the document on page 19, it's mentioning that new buildings on the shoreline should be less than 32 feet unless it's demonstrated that the 30 foot, two foot height is required um, because of the in industrial nature. And I just, I, I could save this also for the applicant if it's better suited, but I was wondering in staff's opinion if that 32 feet um, that's being proposed is a requirement based on that industrial nature um, and why perhaps we're not looking to reduce that height from the staff report. Uh well, the way we looked at it is that um, this is a marine industrial uh, building and that the height is appropriate for the site. And we did not see that there was extenuating factors that a lower height would be needed in this case. Okay, thank you. Um, I'd also like to ask um, on page 24, this is going to look at figure nine. And let me jump there myself. So on page 24, it has figure nine, looking north from Galilee Harbor community to the site. And I think you showed these renderings in your presentation as well. I just want to make sure I'm understanding because as far as my eye can see, based on the renderings, and it's also probably inclusive with the landscaping plan. I don't see Mount Tam at all. Um, so I'm just wondering from the staff report, is that your interp was the interpretation that the views are not blocked? Um, when we looked at this and I, did you want me to share, let me go back. I think. That, yeah, I know it's well, in your, yeah, it's definitely in your presentation. So it just might be useful for all looking at the same. Get to that slide just a sec. Okay. 
Yes, that's the one. Okay, yeah. So those are the story polls compared to renderings and the way it's written in the staff report is that the view is not impacted. Um, and I just want to make sure I'm, we're all looking at the same view. And, and I can leave this for the applicant as well if they're listening. I just, uh -huh. I'm, I'm not seeing how this is in conclusion with what's in the in the report. I'm just gonna note that so we can not waste time and I'll move on. Um, I do have a okay. rather specific- I think it, hmm? from, from our perspective, it's uh, the, that some of the views are um, impacted, but they're not completely eliminated is what we we're trying to say. Okay. Okay. Um, thank you. And then I, I may even need help um, asking this question. I'm looking at page 35 and this comes down to the vehicle miles traveled impact. And what it's mentioning is that um, the city can screen out the VMTs. Uh, they don't apply to smaller projects. And then it goes on to say, since the proposed project proposes a high percentage of local serving, such as marine commercial, restaurant, and medical offices, it's not anticipated to increase BMT significantly. And I'm wondering um, if, since there's a conditional use permit for the restaurant, and you know we're not we're saying that there are not medical offices, rather potentially manufacturing, would that have any impact and potentially change the city's ability to screen out those VMTs. I'm just, does that question make sense? I'm, I'm uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'd like to turn things over to our secret preparers on, on that one. Um, uh, we have Daniel Hoffman and Steve Peterson here. Great. Um, hi, Commission. Um, so in terms of VMT in our initial study, we determined that there are two reasons why, excuse me, <clears throat> we can uh, screen out VMT. Uh, the first is that the total square footage of the project is under 50,000 square feet. Um, and then the other is that those proposed uses are local serving and they're within a half mile of uh, high quality transit, such as Highway 101 and uh, Freeway. So that's, to answer your question, um, yeah, multiple, multiple vehicles uh, to screen out the VMT. Okay, so you're you're saying in, in your opinion then that if if that restaurant wasn't there and those medical offices as we know won't be there, that won't impact that analysis? Correct. Okay. You're on mute there, Commissioner Saad. Thank you, Commissioner Feller. Um, I just had one more question. Um, in terms of the circulation, the on-site circulation, page 36, and this was also in your presentation, it's it's mentioning um, 60D uh, Liberty Way that potentially to be redone to accommodate two-way traffic. It, that's that's not in scope of this of this project, but the the one-way traffic um, choke point that was mentioned is that sufficient according to staff that we're not relying on the potential for this other project to come about or not come about for that two-way change um, and widening the street? Is it as designed without taking into account 60D um, 
acceptable, yeah. I suppose, is my question. The, the one-way choke point is considered to be acceptable, but not ideal. Um, and it does meet fire district uh, requirements. Um, we just wanted there, where it's under the control of the applicant, that if that other building goes away, that um, that would be adjusted in order to be a two-way um, two-way street, which would be better, but the one-way still meets basic requirements. And um, I could certainly ask Kevin McCowan if he wanted to um, comment on that as well. Good evening, commissioners. Kevin McGowan, Department of Public Works. Um, I believe that that choke point is outside of the limits of this actual property. So requiring this applicant to do work on somebody else's property is not appropriate. In addition, these streets are not maintained by the city itself. So when this development, whatever it is in the future comes up, um, I believe Trisha is correct that we would like to see that section of the roadway widened and to answer your question specifically, I think Tricia answered it, the fire department thinks that it is clear um, as far as, as its width. And so uh, that's why we're recommending moving forward at this point in time. Thank you. Um, thank you, Kevin. Uh, thank you, Tricia. And thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Those are all the questions I had. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Saad. Commissioner Fellow, questions for Tricia. Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg and Tricia. Thank you for um, all your work on this uh, to date. Um, I want to go back, though, um, to Chair Luxembourg's question about the drawings. So if these drawings have not been updated since the October 2021 uh, study session. I have to ask why we're here at all. Um, we were very, very clear. I've, I listened to that tape in great detail again today. I listened to the March 2021 um, video again today. And we have been very consistent and uh, unanimous, actually, in our comments regarding the monolithic nature. And I'm using that word purposely because that's the way it was described uh, by many, this monolithic design that really does have significant uh, view impacts. So I'm wondering why we're here at all if there has been no change to what we've already seen. Have you been working with the applicant and asking them to revise their work? Uh, we've asked the applicant whether or not they intend to um, revise the project based on the concerns. Um, I think um, I'm going to have the applicant respond. Um, I think in essence is that they, I don't know that they felt like the planning commission gave them specific direction to change things that that would be discussed more at this public hearing in terms of exactly what's acceptable and not acceptable. Well, let me refer them to the October 2021 video and they can go to our for minute 17, where it's actually fairly detailed in terms of what our comments are. And then once again, at hour four, minute 25, where we ask them again to listen to the input that we're giving because they didn't listen in March 
They came back and didn't listen to what we saw in October and we're seeing October drawings again. So I'm not gonna belabor this, but I want that to be very, very clear. And I, I call those times out so anybody else can reference those as well. But this is a disappointment that we are looking at the same thing that we did not respond well to before. Um, so I'm gonna move on to my next comments. Um, regarding the issue uh, with storage that I believe uh, Vice Chair Junius brought up in October of 2021, um, I, I, I would ask that you please go back uh, to the definition of storage because I, I looked at it after he, he brought that item up and um, it mentions storage yards are certainly permitted, but warehousing I think has a different meaning than just large bulk storage inside rather than in a yard. And so the accessory storage is certainly acceptable as well. So the question is what this storage is an accessory to. So I'd ask that you look, look into that. Um, I'm curious about, um, you mentioned on page one of the staff report that the name of the ownership of this project has changed. And um, that's certainly within the right of an applicant to do the name of their company. But the question is, is does that have any implication to any of the ownership of what we're looking at or any of the um, easements or any other impacts to, to the project in front of us here or the project sponsor? Based on the information we received, um, the applicants um, have an LLC and they're changing the name of that LLC. Um, I, I don't know who, what owners are behind that LLC. Uh, we understood it to be simply a, a, a change in name of the LLC. Yeah, I, I certainly don't wanna get into their business. I just wanna know if there's any impact to what what what's in front of us here? We we did not see any impacts to what's in front of us here. Okay, great. And then you 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 know I'm I'm happy to see that though that one thing that the applicant did listen to is the issue regarding sea level rise, but um, it's not just the sea level rise; it's also the issue of subsidence, and and whether or not this waterfront. Um, property uh, or, or part of this property is waterfront and zoned as such um, is um, vulnerable to the subsidence. And so the question is, is how much of that is, has been included in the MND, the mitigated negative declaration, because uh, it looks like the sea level rise task force, um, their findings and their input occurred after uh, you closed uh, public comment on the MND. So I want to understand if that's somehow included in there and would impact the MND. Um, I'd like to see if uh, Steve or Daniel can take a shot at that. <laughs> Uh, take a shot in terms of this is a a new issue for me um, in terms of subsidence and the direct impact of that on the MND um, 
I don't believe there's an initial study checklist question that would be impacted from any new information provided um, from, from the last couple months, the recirculation or any of the comments I received. So are we guessing or do we know? I know. So there's uh, no impact with any issues regarding subsidence to an MND? Correct. Okay. Um, then I wanted to go on, Tricia, you've, I think, um, I want to go back to uh, the Marinship specific plan, uh, the general plan, and the general plan update. And general plan I'm referring to is 1995. General plan update I'm referring to is, is the 2021, because you've contradicted yourself now in this hearing versus the previous two study sessions. You said that in this, in, in this hearing that we're here together with right now, um, that it's the general plan update, which is the 2021 document that prevails. In the previous two, it's the general plan 1995 and the Marineship specific plan. And in the previous um, hearings, we actually asked you to modify your table. And the table that I'm referring to, let me just move to it, is um, starting in the staff report. Um, let me just find it. On page, it starts on page 12 and goes on for a couple pages. Um, it's table three general plan policies. And you're talking again about the 2021 general plan policy. But, you know, so there, there's a contradicting contradiction here and an inconsistency. And I want to get this right. And I want to get it straight, not just for this commission, but for everybody involved here, including the applicants. So can you please clarify that? Uh, yes. Um, apparently, going into the prior study sessions, um, there was an understanding that the 1995 general plan would be the operable one based on the date that application was deemed complete. Um, however, uh, since then, um, the city attorney has clarified that it is indeed the 2021 uh, general plan that's applicable to your findings and hearing today. And um, uh, we apologize for that um, confusion, but um, the bottom line is it's the 2021 general plan that's um, applicable. So Sergio, do you mind weighing in on that? Because I, I really want to be absolutely beyond reproach here on, on this since we've had two previous study sessions about it. And I want to understand why why it's the 2021. Um, there's a very simple answer to that, and that is the general plan, specific plan, and zoning code that are in effect at the time that you take action on a permit are what govern the permit with some exceptions. There are some exceptions in state law that vest rights into an applicant at the time an application is deemed complete. Uh, those include preliminary applications under SB 330, applications for a vested tentative map, um, 
approval of a tentative map. Um, sometimes we'll vest rights into an applicant. Um, and then there's um, rights under a development agreement. But generally, those are the exception to the general rule that you apply the laws that you have in place when you take action on a permit. So that's okay. that's the general rule. Perfect. Uh, that's very, very helpful. Um, and don't don't go away because, I mean, Tricia, you're still re referencing the Marinship specific plan in our discussions here. So can you explain how you're using that as it relates to the general plan 2021? Because we have to get this right. Uh, I'll take a shot at that briefly and then um, city attorney can certainly add to that. Um, so the, the project would be subject to all adopted plans and ordinances that are in effect. So we have the general plan and we have the specific plan, which is of course very old. And then we have the zoning ordinance and we analyze the project against all three um, to inform its compliance. Okay, but I just wanna level set for everybody's benefit. So thank you for that. Um, the next thing I wanted to ask you is in the previous October study session, we asked you to provide HPC's findings um, and certification regarding the, the rail tracks and how, how those can be um, basically covered uh, and handled. And I, I didn't see that in our package. And um, there had been a point made earlier that uh, all of those things convey into what we're going, we're, we're looking at tonight. And so when we do make findings, if we do make findings, all of that information needs to be part of what we're making our findings on. So if you could make sure that that's included uh, to this commission, that would be really helpful. Um, the other question I had was um, regarding what you're calling a restaurant. And um, I'm looking on page 21 of the staff report. And um, I want to ask you um, if a needs asset analysis has been completed that justifies the size of this restaurant. Um, well, the findings for under the, um, for small scale restaurants is um, the occupancy is less than 20 persons, which it is. And um, that the location and signing does not encourage use by persons outside the Marin ship. And um, there are conditions related to the signing. As far as the needs of analysis, um, that was provided um, by the applicant. And it's essentially based on the premise that um, there will be 84 full-time equivalent employees on the site and that um, based on the number of new employees and existing employees, that there is a need for a, a small scale um, food service or lunches and so forth. Um, so uh, we've so relied on the um, 
needs analysis and the number of employees provided by the applicant. So have you seen the needs analysis? I did not see it in the package. Um, it was quoted in the staff report. The yeah, that's what I'm about it. Is, yeah, the italic area is the analysis that was provided by the applicant on the top of page 22. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm asking about is I mean, it's uh -huh. not clear what this needs analysis is. That's why I'm asking about it, because on on page 21, um, there are three items here. And the first is a needs analysis. And I'm I I have not seen a needs analysis. So I'm just asking you about that. Um, so we obviously haven't seen it, but well, the needs analysis is um, what was submitted by the applicant that's in italics in the staff report. Yeah, Whether so or not you feel that it's an adequate needs analysis, but that's the analysis that was provided. It's, not a, it's definitely not a needs analysis. But the question is, the second question I have about it is if, if there are 84 FTEs that they're planning on in this new development, you also mentioned existing staff is that for staff outside of this development in the area but not within this project well i was just referring to other industrial um, buildings in the area that may have this need as as well i don't have numbers on the employees of those other buildings well neither does the needs analysis that's the whole point is that there doesn't seem to be much justification for it but let, let me, in, in the interest of time, um, let me let me just perhaps keep keep going here. I wanted to um, I wanted to go back to the whole issue of traffic and circulation because, um, and I hope I, I I hope I wrote this down right uh, because it leads to the question. But you're, there's 706 daily trips to this site just this site, not outside of the site, just this site. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the average daily traffic that would be generated by this project. That is um, significantly more than what was quoted to us before starting in March of 2021. It's over double. So I'm scared. That's a big, big number for 84 FTEs, so in a hundred parking spots. So can you can you unpack this for me? Because I'm I'm I, I I can't justify the math here. Um, I think um, I could ask our CEQA people to elaborate on that, but uh, most of the analysis done in terms of impacts is really based on the peak hour trips. Um, um, and that's what most of the analysis is based on the 59 a.m. peak hour trips and the 71 p.m. peak hour trips. Um, but over 700 daily trips is, it, it's exorbitant. I don't, I, I'd like to really understand this. So if there's somebody on your team that can help explain this like i said this is over way over double it's almost you know 
twice as big as what we, I mean, it, it's, it's huge. It, I think we were quoted, certainly we were about 250 trips before daily trips. So I want to understand what this is, what's included in it, because that, that is a huge departure for a project that has not been, the design has not changed. Um, we'd have to go back and look and see what that difference is um, that you're referring to. I, I We'd have to go back and look at that. So maybe if we can have a little bit of time to, to look okay. at that. Of course. Um, then regarding the parking for public use, I'm looking at table five on page 18 of the staff report. Just curious how that was calculated. Like why nine? Is it is it an arbitrary number? Is it a certain calculation? Um, it is a certain calculation, and I'm gonna maybe need a few minutes to um, go back and and quote that. Okay. Yeah, I totally understand that. And I, I'm gonna finish with a final question. I have so many more, but I I think you're getting the theme of of my questions here. Um, but. I'm looking on page 17 at table four and then on page 19 where the structures, where there's a uh, italicized piece about the Marinship specific plan and that um, the three buildings won't exceed 32 feet. But I go back to the table on uh, table four on page 17 and the last two lines are about the building coverage and the floor area ratios. And I note that, you know, the, the proposed building coverages are, you know, le less than half on both A and B and then C. And they're obviously expressed in different columns. So because you have, it, it, was there any attempt to try to redesign this um, in your interactions with this applicant? where they could uh, make better use of some of the other areas that they're allowed to build on um, without creating this monolithic, um, you know, expression overall uh, on the site. Um, and we could mitigate a lot of the issues that were brought up consistently in March 2021 and October 2021. Um, I think that question is probably best asked to the applicant in terms of their thought pattern on making changes or not making changes. I, I will ask them. I'm asking you if you've had that discussion with them. If, if um, In a general sense, we have. Um, we've asked them whether or not they're making changes and um, they have indicated that they wanted to wait until this hearing to um, figure out a, a more precise direction from the commission. More concise than what's already been provided? Um, okay. um, Chair Luxembourg, I, I'm gonna stop here. I've, I've got other questions about types, but I'll, I'll save that for, for later. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Fowler, thank you very much. Uh, at this point, Vice Chair Junius, questions of staff at this time. 
Okay, uh, I will provide some questions also. Um, uh, first of all, could you find and forward, uh, Tricia, the uh, easement for the bike path and the maintenance agreement with Schumacher Marina to us so that we can see that? In a similar vein, off-site on the plans, they indicate they're moving eight spaces um, that are public access right now from one place to another place on property they don't own. So is there an agreement or an easement that allows them to move those eight spaces? Uh, so yes, right to the north of building B, um, there's some shifting around of the parking spaces. Um, and in order to provide for the access points and um, the applicant, um, there is a an agreement with the property owner to the north in order to, um, to allow that to happen. Can you forward us a copy of that? Okay, yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, I'm gonna second uh, Commissioner Saad's concern about figure nine. I also went out and looked at Galilee Harbor's views. And other than that, that, who took picture number nine? Was that from you or from the applicant, figure nine? Who took that photograph? Um, that was um, taken by the um, uh, applicant. By the applicant. So for your information, I don't know if you've had a chance have you had a chance to walk uh, the in Galilee Harbor from the uh, from the uh, dirt path to the end of the boats? Have you had the opportunity to do um, that? I've walked to the entrance, but not all the way through. Okay, so that photograph is probably the only spot on the on that thing where where you can see Mount Tan. All of the others. Are you go you walk maybe ten feet to the left or right of that particular point? They put the one spot that 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 there there's a clearing, but most of it there's not. So I just want to make that note because in the staff report you're indicating that there are not significant view uh, view blockages, but there are. I mean, uh, other than that one particular spot, we still have view blockages, but not of Mount Sam. My next question relates to this traffic breakdown and discussion. The, there are square footages that for the staffing and the traffic that are in the um, uh, that are in the uh, MND, and then there are traffic. Uh, there are square footage breakdowns that are on the first sheet of the drawings. Those are not the same. So the the square footages on don't match and the square footage is tied to employees and, and cars. So why are the numbers in the MNND not the same as the first sheet of the drawings? Um, we'll have to go back and double check that. Um, but in, in an overall sense, that um, the applicant provided a mix of uses, a combination of marine commercial and manufacturing and storage. Um, 
And that's what the traffic study uh, was um, based on. Um, that mix of uses may change. Um, and I'm going to let our CEQA folks talk about that a little bit. Um, the parking is is based on the proposed mix of uses, and if those that mix changes, say there's more manufacturing in in one building and more warehousing in the other, um, the relationship between the mix of uses and the parking would be looked at with the building permits to make sure that uh, all the parking is in compliance. Um, but with regard to how that affects so the traffic study, I'm going to have our secret preparers um, uh, address, address that aspect of it. But in terms of why there's a discrepancy, I guess I didn't realize there was one and we'll go back and double check that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Are you asking about um, another use mix scenario? I just want to understand the, the question a little bit better. Well, I, I have concerns about what was just said about if the uses change. So if the uses change and the mix is different at the time of the building permit because they, they haven't nailed down the uses that, and they don't have enough parking, what happens then? They have to come back? Well, with regard to parking, um, they would need to verify with each building permit that there is adequate parking based on the uses that they're, they're the final mix of uses and the tenants that they have. So they will need to um, ensure that when they get their building permit. But the parking complies with the mix of uses that are shown on the plans. So, and so, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask the sequel question first, and I'll go back to this. The sequel question is. Uh, at the time of the building permit, the uses are more intense as far as traffic, but the parking somehow complies. What, is, what does that do to an approved MND at the time of building permit if the, the uses are completely different than what you studied? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we actually took a look at this scenario of a worst case traffic um, scenario in terms of uses, and it was concluded that um, even with, say, 100% manufacturing or higher ratio of, of more intensive uses, the trip generation cost would would still be mitigated to a less than significant impact um, based off of our um, current mitigation measure of extending the queuing lane um, to 150 feet, I believe. Um, so, to answer your question, um, the impact would still be less than significant in terms of the CEQA question. And, and they I, still would be required to do the mitigation that was required, even if it turns out it's not com completely needed. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. And um, I mean, uh, the other, uh, I, now I have to remember which where it was, but there's medical offices shown somewhere on the drawings and you're saying that it's now medical manufacturing and so the the numbers for metal medical manufacturing medical offices for parking would be different isn't that true yeah they would be less so um the 
parking is probably somewhat overstated and uh, because we have clarified that these would not be offices or clinics, it would be more medical manufacturing or lab uses consistent with the uh, specific plan in the zoning. The medical manufacturing has different numbers than medical laboratories, though. I mean, it's it's different kind of staffing. So it worries me that we really don't know what the staffing is going to be. But going back to the parking, so let's assume that they've overestimated the parking. Uh, I understand the nine spaces allocated for public use and the spaces, eight spaces on the weekend. The rest of the spaces, if if somebody goes to one of these medical laboratories or whatever and is visiting, are there going to be visitor spaces or are these all going to be labeled as not, you know, uh, reserve parking and there, there doesn't seem to be any visitor parking beyond the public parking for the beach, but or whatever. But is there any visitor parking? Um, from what I've seen, I have not seen where there would be any spaces designated for employees versus visitors. Well, I guess I'll ask this the applicant of whether they're intending to restrict these spaces with reserve signs. If it says reserved, then a visitor couldn't park there. So, so I'm a little concerned about that. Um, the public, the spaces for people to use the shoreline would be marked. No, I understand that, but let's yeah. say somebody's coming to a laboratory, uh, and they, you know, uh, they're they're a vendor or something dropping something off or or having a meeting about possible products they can use. Where where do they park? They're not. They shouldn't be parking in the public spaces, and they can't park in the reserve places. So we need some visitor parking out of this. And if they've overestimated the parking because of the wrong uses, then it could be addressed there. But that just note that as a question. I'll ask that of the applicant as well. Um, let me see the list here. Um, so, so you're saying that the square footages that are on the plans are anticipated, but if it changes at the time that they do building permit drawings, they will adjust that and they have to make sure that they work for parking. If they if they build these buildings and don't have tenants uh, yet, and they build them on spec and the buildings get built and they and they change the use after they're built, you know, they already have a building permit. So how do how do they fix it at that point from a regulatory point of view? Well, when they come in for uh, tenant improvements, they would have to provide proof that they meet the parking requirements. And if they don't, that that use would just be denied. Is that they would not be allowed to sign that tenant? Is that the way that would go? Um, that would be my understanding. That if they can't um, uh, demonstrate that that particular use has adequate parking, then that would not be allowed. I see. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll uh, got a few other questions as well, but I, I think uh, let me see if any other commissioners have additional questions at this time before we move on to an applicant presentation. I'll look for a show of hands or a, a raise a hand and 
in Zoom. Uh, Commissioner Feller. Uh, just a quick question. Um, there's been reference to a shadow study or shadow studies, I think plural. Um, could you point me to where those are? Because I did not see them in any of the attachments and it's possible I, I missed it, but if you could point them out, that would be helpful. Okay. Um, they are in the um, plan set and I'll um, find which um, exhibit number. I know there's a lot of exhibits in there, so I'll, I'll find that. Okay, thank you. They're at the end. I think it's page 31 in the plans. Okay, I'll look back. Okay. I'll hear from the applicant. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Saad. Um, at this point, any other raised hands for further questions of uh, Ms. Stevens before we go on to the applicant? Uh, seeing none, uh, if we can bring the applicant up to do their presentation, they'll have 15 minutes to uh, to present. If we interrupt during the presentation, then that will not be part of their times. We'll stop the timer at that point. Can the applicant please raise, raise your hand so that I can co-host you and unmute you? The applicant should be, yeah, Brent McDonald, whose hand is raised. Uh, Mr. McDonald, they'll allow you to unmute if you can show your video and if you need to share a screen, you, uh, you're allowed to do that. Can you give your name and uh, your name, company, and address for the record? Thank you. We're not here. We're not hearing you. So, Can we please unmute Diane, Anna? Can you hear, Can me, you now? hear me now? Whoops, whoops, whoops. Yeah, now there's a feedback. You need to turn one of them off, I think. God. 
Do we have video or do we have voice? You have voice. Sound good. You have yours on. Can you've you got you've got you have two videos, so that's fine. <laughs> okay, good. But we've got uh, one voice. One voice. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Hi, Commissioners. Good evening. Thank you. And, and Tricia, I think did a great presentation because there's a lot of information, but I think you've got a handle on it now. And uh, I'd like to uh, talk a little bit about the uh, recent Marin ship history. Um, out of the controversy that was going on in the 70s, uh, the Marin ship master plan was released as an EIR in, uh, in October of 1985, and a revision was released in 89. And I bring this up because the criteria that we're discussing tonight uh, emanated from uh, basically that Marin Ship Master Plan and the EIR that it went under. Uh, it came up with the height limit of 32 feet, which is in relationship to the other, other existing buildings around the Marin Ship. And uh, it also came up with uh, a buildable square footage uh, that differs between whether it's in the industrial zone or the Marin Ship waterfront zone. But one thing to be clear is that this did go to the voters with the Fair Traffic Initiative in 1985. And in short, uh, the Fair Traffic Initiative and the citizens of Sausalito acknowledged that there would be 700,000 square feet of new building area in the Marin ship. And it dealt with the traffic implications of that. This project only proposes 46,500 square feet, and it's about 80% of what the maximum allowable is. The project does propose 101 new parking stalls, and nine of which are permanent public access stalls, permanent public access stalls. There's also nine, I believe it's nine, it's eight or nine on the, uh, on the, uh, marina side so that's a total of 18 and then at the uh, weekends and evenings uh, there's an additional set of stalls that are allocated to the beach and how did we come up with that number well frankly some people were upset that there was even that much parking provided because as you know as you provide access and open up uh, opportunity uh, the number of people uh, using the beach increases and some of the local residents seem to have issues with uh, sharing uh, the, the property. Uh, many people in opposition to this project come from the Galilee Harbor community over there. One thing that I think really needs to be noted is that at the same time Galilee was gaining their right to exist was the same time that all this planning was going on. That's what created, you, you find in the 80s to, to mid 90s, all of this stuff was put together and there was an understanding that people were going to be allowed to do what was established in those agreements. Hence the reason the bike path kind of goes through different properties because in the Marine Ship Master Plan, it said, hey, if you guys are going to do this, you're going to give something back to BCDC and the public and that's going to be this bike path. Um, so uh, the uh, speaking specifically to uh, some of the, uh, the the project specifics, and I, I heard Chair Feller uh, talk about giving specific direction. I don't find that we've set any basic planning criteria. And planning criteria, by what I mean by that means, hey, we're going to have three buildings, we're going to have four buildings, we're going to have three buildings oriented in this direction, or they're going to orient in that direction. What we have done is concentrate to being true to the Marin Ship Master Plan, which sets up views 
running in the east-west direction. All along, I told uh, Galilee that I would be providing a break in the buildings to make sure that they can actually get a view of Mount Tam, and they can. And I think it was uh, Commissioner Saeed mentioned that she uh, couldn't understand where that viewpoint was. Well, some of that has to do with the small uh, uh, scale of the audience. But if you see between the buildings right there, let's see, whoops. Yes. yes, so let's see if I can get that here. There we go. Right there between those buildings is a rendered version of the East Peak of Mount Tam. So the view does exist. Uh, the views were not uh, concentrating on the private views of Galilee. They were concentrating on two issues, which was public views that may or may not have been mentioned in the Marine Ship Master Plan, and the other was being true to the Marine Ship Master Plan. Um, the uh, parking uh, was set to the uh, south shore to uh, further buffer uh, the buildings from uh, Galilee. And uh, the circulation and the one-way loop was identified in the Marine Ship Master Plan was also uh, diagrammed uh, by WAM, the Waterfront Action Group. And uh, so I, I think that uh, this uh, so-called one-way loop uh, was understood by a lot of people that have looked critically at this project. And let's not forget that the other side of Liberty Ship has two-way traffic. So, and uh, the other issue is that uh, 60D uh, has a uh, has a uh, an easement and is required to actually provide that, and we're required to provide the two-way roadways. There was another issue uh, regarding subsidence. Uh, this, the city of Sausalito has uh, an analyzed a subsidence in the Marin ship, and you will find in their documents that this is uh, negligible to zero in their documents. And we have uh, surveys that have been done in 2005 and done as recently as 2021 showing that our land is not subsiding and our buildings are going piling down the bedrock and therefore the buildings will not be subsiding. I'm gonna give a little time to my associate here and she's gonna do some speaking. Good evening, commissioners. Thank you for your time tonight. My name is Diane Hanna. I'm an attorney with SSL Law Firm. I'm also a resident of Mill Valley and um, lucky enough to do a lot of work in the area, including representing um, the residents at Golden Gate Village. Um, I wanted to um, specifically address a couple of the comments that were raised by the commissioners tonight, but we'd also like to reserve some time to rebut to um, comments from the members of the public. First, there's been a fair amount of discussion regarding um, whether this property is on the shoreline. From our perspective, we do not think it is for two reasons. One is along the marsh side of it, it there's, the property is intervened with an easement by the city. Um, and that's for the public pathway and then ultimately to the marsh. And so um, from a land use and planning perspective to us, that that almost in a way severs the property interest and makes the property no longer on the shoreline. And then of course, on the Schoonmaker Beach area, um, that is owned by a separate parcel. So there is an intervening private parcel between the subject site and, um, and the bay or the waterfront. So I think that addresses some concerns about the height of the building as well as the boat dock. Secondly, and I apologize for speaking quickly um, because we've got a limited amount of time. 
Um, I just need to emphasize that private views are not protected by the law and they're also not subject to environmental review under CEQA. Um, as Brent mentioned, the project was designed to be very mindful of those important views that are identified in the Marinship specific plan. And so if you talk about moving buildings around, it risks creating an area of nonconformance with the Marinship specific plan. And so I think the applicant has done everything that they can to try to create views or preserve those views for, for the residents of the Galilee Harbor. We look forward to being good neighbors with them. Um, but we've got these overarching city set standards of view quarters that we need to maintain. Um, and that's a requirement under the city law as well as um, CEQA to accommodate those. Um, uh, lastly, I wanted to address traffic. I think there was some confusion about the traffic numbers that that referenced to 700 or 706 daily trips. That's a trip in is one and a trip out is another. So if you're think so I think there was some surprise. It felt like that number had doubled. It wasn't a doubling. It was just, you know, one trip equals, so 350 trips in, 350 trips out. And again, what we're really looking at for purposes of SQL perspective now is VMT. And, um, and you know, for your intersection operations, the key thing is those peak hours. Um, so those numbers have not changed throughout the analysis. Those have remained consistent, but I think there was some confusion about what they mean. And so I wanted to clarify that. Um, lastly, there was a question about the name of the applicant and if that could create any change in the um, obligations of any of the parties. The answer is no. Um, this approval will run with the land. The easements that are recorded against this property will run with the land. Um, the point of the applicant changing the name is to address some um, you know, good housekeeping, but I think also to reflect a new name that um, is consistent with the mission, which is really what they're trying to do here is consistent with the general plan and the Marinship specific plan, create new opportunities for businesses and startups that would like to locate in Sausalito. So um, we've got a lot of exciting potential tenants for this site that we think will be of a great benefit to the city, um, but we can't lock those tenants in until we get going with this project. So thank you for your time. We'd like to reserve the remaining time uh, for rebuttal to comments. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you've got four minutes, 56 seconds for <laughs> rebuttal after, uh, after uh, we have public comment. But at this point, we're going to, I'm sure the commissioners have questions of, of the applicant here. And uh, with that, I will look for raised hands either in the Zoom or uh, you folks can put your raised hands down in your Zoom uh, application. So we're not confused that you want to say something. Uh, uh, at this point, we'll be um, uh, commissioner questions of the applicant. Uh, I'm looking around to see in the Zoom application, uh, uh, Commissioner Junius, and you you're, have to unmute. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg, um, and thank you for the presentation. I just a couple of quick questions. So, um, Ms. Hanna, to follow on your question, so you really don't have any tenants at this point that have committed to the space? Yeah, uh, we, we do not have tenants that have committed. We do, we are receiving somewhat regular outreach. I think one of the most exciting is the Candela, potential Candela tenant, which is an electric boat manufacturer. Um, we've also been in discussions with um, Holdfast Mooring Anchors, uh, Free Ranch Games, which is a remote controlled uh, machinery shop. Um, what's that boundary? 
layer boundary like, layer technologies there's oh, zero emission cargo ships. zero emission cargo ships so some exciting potential tenants that um, are really trying to capture on some new green technology and um could be you know an exciting opportunity for the city for some 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 neat new technology that is you know consistent with the long-time goals of the marin ship specific plan so great thank you for that um, yeah. and then one specific question about the plans um, I, I do want to follow on uh, to one of the Commissioner Feller's comments earlier, again, something that I raised months ago and the last time this was before us. Um, it, it does look like the second floor of Building A, just to get really specific here, um, it, honestly, it looks like mini storage. <laughs> it looks like you've got, you know, a bunch of little spaces that anybody can put their household goods or rent, you know, a, a 10 by 20 space and lock their goodies up. Um, is that what's intended? I mean, it just seems to me to, I, you know, I, I, I appreciate the fact that you're trying to fit into a pretty, you know, in some respects, relatively broad use category. Um, but, you know, it's supposed to be industrial, it's supposed to be marine related in, in a lot of respects. And I don't know how you're going to regulate the, you know, the renting of, you know, dozens and dozens of small storage lockers up there um, in that in that way. Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to Brent on that as the project architect, but um, I'd say you know consistent with what we were talking about in the parking um, discussions, this will be addressed as part of a future tenant improvement project as specific tenants are identified, um, and so you know the intent is the project will have users that are consistent with the zoning code, and then they'll go through and you know and we're targeting users who would be able to use the site as of right, so. Um, so once you get into, you know, selection of a specific tenant, then you would go through the building permit process to secure those tenant improvements. These will be effectively warm shells or cold shells. Some will be warm and some will be cold. Yeah. A, a building is uh, particularly cold. Yeah. yeah. So it will, it will go through a process with the city and the planning department will have an opportunity to take a look at those uses and make sure it fully conforms with all of the requirements of the code. So with that, I'm going to turn over to Brent. I think I'm good. Is that the best way to do it? Can you all see well, it? I think Honestly, they, that, that, I think you answered the question. I mean, I, I, the, the dashes look like, I don't know how you can, how else you can explain it, except that I suppose they'll likely a different, um, I, I can't see how the city's going to approve that layout uh, <laughs> in terms of storage lockers that you really, you know, you can't really just know who's who's going in there. Well, you, but you, you won't know who's going in there, but Mr. Junius, if you can uh, think of the, uh, the marina that's down uh, halfway between here and the ferry landing, you find on the wood walkway, they've got a number of, uh, in essence, sheds that are all of about this size. So uh, boat owners do have a substantial amount of storage and, you know, they have their little pieces and parts to the boat. They uh, pull their engines off uh, during the winter months, et cetera, et cetera, and people do use them. Well, uh, that's 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 an absolutely fair comment, and you know I'm very familiar with that because I I own a boat in Salcedo Yacht Harbor, and I rent one of those lockers. Those lockers, I'm pretty sure they go with the boat slips. So while there may be a handful of those lockers that are rented to folks that actually service the boats there, the the the, the teams that clean the boats, teak the boats, otherwise repair the boats, those lockers are pretty small, and they're you know they're rented to people that have slips in the harbor. Your the facility here just to and I'm, I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm just you know to the extent that somebody over at um, over at uh, is the Schoonemacher Yacht Harbor is going to rent a space here 
to store their stuff related to their boat. I suppose it's possible, but it's certainly not as convenient as what you're describing at the at the yacht harbor. Just well, a, just a, just a thought. You'll find that uh, one of the uh, entrances to one of the piers is right off the edge of uh, Building C. Right now, there's 44 uh, 20 to 40 foot um, uh, shipping containers on the site right now. So there's a substantial amount of storage that is an existing of existing tenants that's going to want to move inside. Appreciate that. Thank you, Mr. McDonald. No other questions. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Vice Chair Junius. Uh, uh, Commissioner Pella, I see your hand. Yes, thank you, uh, Chair Luxembourg, and thank you um, for the presentation. Um, I wanted to go back uh, to two different things, and maybe you can help uh, explain some of this. We certainly understand what, um, you know, how to analyze trips in and out of sites. That's sort of what we do here at the Commission. But the question about the daily trips is why it's over double what was described in the previous study sessions using the exact same analysis and language as what you've described. So that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. Uh, I, I think that either there's been a misstatement or, or you're confused because the traffic studies were issued prior to that and they really haven't changed. So I don't, I'm unclear of why you've had the uh, misunderstanding of the trips. Well, I, it's not a misunderstanding. I listened to the videos again today. So I'm just okay, trying well, to- Somebody that. made a misstatement well, because written, the TIS has not changed. Allow me to finish my sentence, sir. Uh, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it so we can level set. Part of what we're trying to do here is make sure that we're, everyone's looking and understanding the exact same pieces of information. So there's, no misunderstanding by anybody. That's why I'm asking the question again. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask about is are the are the tie-ups? Um, you you know there was a discussion in in the previous study sessions about feasibility and and that that you you didn't find it feasible. And I want to make sure we understand what that means. What is not feasible about tie-ups and, and what part of the site um, were you specifically looking at or all of it? Yeah, um, I, I think um, in terms of the, well, if, if it's okay, if I could go back to that that traffic question that you had, because I, I agree, I think it's important to make sure we're all confident in the numbers. I, from our understanding, those numbers had not changed. Um, I, I'm not familiar with um, the information you have from that prior study session where there was a different number. Could you provide us with that different number or where that came from? Sure, absolutely. Everything is posted on the city website and the video right. is um, um, available there. The agenda, every everything is on on the website, and I that's where I went and and listened to everything over again. And and you heard a number there that was less. That was half of the trips that you're hearing today, is that? that that's correct. Okay, yeah, I, I mean, I think what we can say is that the traffic study is part of the record here and then those numbers have not changed throughout the entire process. I can't speak to those numbers because I'm not familiar with what was said at that hearing. We can certainly go back and, and look into that, but in terms of the analysis that's been done to support this decision, that hasn't changed at all through this entire process. Okay. So in terms of the written record and the analysis, that's been consistent throughout, so. Okay. Yeah, that was clear. That that's helpful. I, I do think it's important that that we're clear 
clear on it, not just for the commission's benefit, the public's benefit, and obviously uh, the, the applicant as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then and then with respect to the tie-ups, um, I think, you know, in terms of the feasibility, um, you know, the only space arguably where that could happen would be along the marsh. However, there is an intervening city easement between the, the project site and that marsh. So that's that's one area of infeasibility. And then the second area of feasibility is as part of that easement, there's um, a goal and a requirement to maintain that as um, kind of natural habitat and um, including a tie up in that location. One, you have kind of an axis of how do you get from this wetland marsh um, restoration area up along onto the bike path. And so, um, again, that, that city easement intervening between the two properties plays a really, really big role um, in kind of the feasibility and, and whether this, this project site could be accurately characterized as a waterfront site. But you, you're responsible to maintain that land that in the easement. No, not that's my no, uh, that, that is the responsibility of a separate Schoonmaker Marina. Um, property owner, Schoonmaker Marina, not not this particular site, which is not this. This site is owned by Liberty Shipway Partnership. Hold on, let me get the exact name. Liberty Shipway to Joint Venture. So two separate entities, two separate owners, two separate parcels. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in terms, Wait, I, can, I, mean, can I just clarify that, you know, just so we get that on the record. This is only this is separate from what Liberty Ship Way Joint Venture is Liberty. separate from what? Yeah, Liberty. This this the project site that we're looking at today is owned by Liberty Ship Way to Joint Venture. So Liberty Ship Way to Joint Venture, and Correct. that's separate from what? That is separate and apart from Schoonmaker Point Marina. Schoonmaker well, Point Marina. Well, hold and, on a minute, though, Chair Chair Luxembourg. I'm yeah. sorry for the interjection, but I'm reading again back on the first page of the staff report. The property is being changed to quote Marine Ship Industries. So, what is the name? Yeah, of, I mean, this so, is okay. yeah. Can I, I can I speak to that? So the marine ship industries is a marketing as we are marketing to the blue economy and, and going out and trying to generate interest, which we've had a pretty good response for preliminary uh, uh, investigation. Um, the legal owners have not changed, but we are changing the name to help with the marketing and to be more on target and on point with uh, groups such as John D. Ray and the mayor and other people who have suggested with good intent. And in fact, it's working quite well for us to go out and pursue the blue economies, which is green technology uh, related to water uses. And actually been quite uh, well received and interesting. This is, we're now in a turning point where these economies are now being so-called industrialized or manufactured when you talk about, okay, so, so let's focus back to the name. Yeah, I can, I can help you with that. So well, the LLC, I'm reading the staff report, the LLC that owns the property is being changed to quote, marine ship industry. So 
Um, yeah. If you can work with Tricia so we understand what's going on here, that would be very sure. helpful. I can explain that to you quickly, and then I can work with Tricia to make sure that's accurately reflected. The property is currently owned by the named applicant on all the original Liberty Ship Way to joint venture. That joint venture is it has initiated, is commencing a process to convert from a joint venture into an LLC. So same owners, there won't be a change in ownership. It's just basically um, housekeeping and for marketing purposes. So it's a change in the in the way that the property is is owned, but that is that is all it is. Um, and me, that's not me, been completed yet. That is let just me, the, let me just understand. And you said that's separate from the Schoonmacher Point Marina. Are correct. any of the people that are the actual people that own Liberty? Uh, Liberty Ship Way to Joint Venture and Schoonmacher Point Marina or any of the people that are owners of those things on in both ventures? You know, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't have the list of the individual owners there, but for purposes of what we're doing here, um, they could all be the same or they could all be different. They're separately owned parcels by separately owned entities. There is... You there don't is, know who, you don't know who owns this. You don't know the owners. You're saying that you were on the record here. You do not personally know who the owners are. I do not personally know the owners, but I'd say for purposes, what I think is important is for purposes of today, yes. under the law, separate legal parcels, separate legal interests, separate legal entities that own those separate legal parcels, and they all have separate rights and obligations. And I can see um, the city attorney is um, come back on camera, so I don't know if... Um, if Mr. We'll we'll direct we'll direct the commission. You don't need to do it for us. Okay, I apologize. I just yeah, saw that, him. That's a here. little overstepping. I I'd asked you a question that you don't you say you don't personally know who owns Liberty Way to joint venture. I take you at your word, but that it's a little surprising I, you don't know. I, those who are, they those are. are my clients. Those are my clients. You do know do you do you do know who the people are? I know who my clients are, yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, but I can't speak to the other owners of the other parcel. Right, but you do, know who you do know who your owners are. Is what of you course, say. yes. And you don't know if any of those people, because uh, uh, it's going to come up with this question about easements on the adjacent properties. You don't know if any of those people are owners of Schoonmacher Point Marina is what you're saying. You don't personally know. I do not personally know. Okay, and, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. You don't. Uh, we'll go back to Commissioner yeah. Feller's questions. I'll have some more on of, that in a minute. Of course. Because I, I want to understand what these easements are in the public easement. But yeah, I Commissioner think, Feller, if you could continue. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Chair. I, I appreciate that. Um, I I just wanted to go back, um, you know, to the whole point about uh, all of the input that this commission has provided regarding the design and the views. And um, they are important. I, I know uh, certainly under our Salsino Municipal Code and ordinances, no one is guaranteed an unobstructed view, but we have not seen any attempt at an alteration of the footprint that's there. We've talked over and over again about master planning the site and if there's a master plan of the site and all sorts of things. But, you know, to, to also ask, you know, specifically ask in October of 2021 that the applicant listen to us and listen to the input and then see the same drawings again 
from our perspective is a little disappointing and I hope you can understand that. So I want to give you a chance to respond to that. Can I ask you, are the buildings oriented east, west or north, south? I'm asking the questions here. Could I'm you asking you because what you I'd like you to answer the question. We're trying to get to the bottom of it because okay. we keep giving so, the same input. The answer is that the buildings are oriented in the east-west direction, which tends to emphasize a little more blockage to the uh, Galilee side. However, the buildings are in scale for light mm -hmm. industrial, and that's the clients that we've been asked to pursue. The response from the uh, people looking at these buildings is these buildings will work because they have high power, they have decent ceiling heights, and they have enough floor footprint to facilitate manufacturing. Okay. Um, so do you want to answer the question about any alternative design that you've looked at in terms of siting or site plan or? Well, I have heard that uh, the buildings ought to be uh, set back by a uh, by a, uh, a, a urban levy. I've heard that uh, the buildings ought to be one story. I've heard from you that they should be elevated three feet. Uh, so I, I'm looking for some consistency. And if you want to tell me that you think that these buildings are roughly located, but you want me to open up the view corridor, I can do that. Well, I'm, a, I'm just asking you to listen to what I, we, I am listening. Well, why don't you let me finish the sentence then? I'm asking you to refer back to the study session in March of 2021, where we gave some, some pretty specific feedback and then again, pretty much the same feedback in October. And that's where we, we actually asked you to listen to sort of the input. And that's what we were hoping to see at, at the next hearing, which happens to be tonight. Um, you know, we were, we were looking for you to take into consideration what that feedback was, because at the end of the day, we have to make specific findings. And if we can't make those findings, we were trying through the study session process to be constructive. And those words were said over and over again in those sessions. It's meant to be constructive feedback for ultimate success in what you're doing. And, and I, we, I'm not seeing that there's been any movement at all. And that's a little bit disappointing because that was the point of the study session. So um, I would refer you back to both those study sessions, I think my comments stand as, as indicated in those two sessions. Um, I can't speak for the rest of the commission, but um, th those would be my comments. From March of 21st, the March uh, session, I took my direction from Lily Whalen, who was the former uh, director of planning. And we worked through a number of scenarios and she said, yes, this is what we want. So I'm sorry if they didn't meet your expectations, but I assumed that there was some communication between the Planning Commission and Lily Whalen, but apparently- well, It was a public hearing. So there was communication directly from this commission to you as well. And that's, uh, I, I, I think this is becoming- a conversation. Conversation. 
I, I didn't hear that. I think we were talking over each other. I, my point is that it's the planning, you know, it's a public hearing with the planning commission to provide you that input. Study sessions are meant to be constructive. They're meant to be helpful. They're, they're meant to help guide. We don't make decisions in those. They're meant to be, you know, get everything you can out of it as an applicant. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think this is a circular conversation and it's not gonna go anywhere. But I would ask that that you refer to March 2021 and October 2021 uh, for the 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 input that that we provided um, as individuals and as a commission. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Feller. Uh, Commissioner Saad. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. <clears throat> um, let me ask, in the staff report, it says that solar panels were added to building A on page seven. On page 10, it says solar panels were added to B. Can you clarify um, what building solar panels are on? There's solar panels on both A and B. The concept is to be power neutral. And in fact, there may even be looking at adding a few more solar panels as we sort of move away from uh, gas because the buildings will be consuming more, uh, more electricity. But at the time, the solar panel footprint was estimated to be, so, to be electric neutral. When, when you say add more, do you mean to both A and B where they're existing or is that going to include um, potentially C? There's a couple of things. So the bottom line is we will provide solar panels to try and make this thing electrically neutral. The solar panels are also getting more efficient as time goes by. But I suspect with the elimination of gas, which I don't know whether that's fully in effect in Marin, but it's becoming effective in most jurisdictions, uh, that would, there will be a need to add additional solar panels. Okay, thank you for clarifying that we might want to make that update in the staff report and I'm sorry I just got an alert that my connection is unstable can can everyone hear me easily yeah. okay great it's, it's thank you slightly choppy but we're hearing you okay sense. otherwise I'll dial in um thank you um in terms of the three buildings are you looking at those as individual entities, as in you don't need one to rely on the other in terms of any of those business operations you plan to run? Well, it depends upon uh, the tenant that comes to fruition. If Candela Boats uh, comes in, they want as much footprint as they can get. So uh, the answer is that they would generally occupy a majority of the buildings. Now we did. Uh, we have told them that we're reserving some space for um, open water rowing and some other groups. Uh, but all of this comes down to what year this thing can be delivered, and uh, you know nobody's signing leases uh, for a project that haven't broken ground. So uh, the other ones are smaller. Uh, I think the Holdfast Anchors is quite interesting and is a beautiful tenant for Building B uh, because they are both a technology sort of drone building kind of group that can occupy part of the upstairs and the downstairs is doing uh, these um, 
metal helical anchors that are um, part of the equipment. And I suppose they like the idea of uh, being on the bay because they'll go out and test their equipment. So uh, they're a, a smaller group. So, and but I'd say overall from a project design perspective, it's designed so that it could operate for, to serve a single large tenant, um, accepting some of those like the public use um, or, you know, uh, users, but um, it could also operate as with individual tenants as well. So there's flexibility embedded within the design. Okay, thank you for clarifying. Um, at the chance that the conditional use permit is not approved, have you given any thought to what that space may become or how, how it could be used? It was not to be. Uh, it would probably be one of the uh, boating restaurant. Uh, no, uh, it, it's it's always been a limited food service uh, restaurant or limited food service facility, and there was discussion about uh, you know why or how or, or the analysis. You know, frankly, the owner doesn't. We don't really care. If you want to deny the conditional use permit, it will drop the traffic count. It will lower uh, the uh, trips. And uh, But I, I think there is a need for it uh, because you've got uh, Liberty Ship 30, 10, 20. Uh, none of these places have a sandwich shop. So there is a need for it. If for whatever reason, the, the commissioners feel that, that, that they don't like the idea of of a food service facility that could morph into something else, uh, then deny it. I mean, the ownership really is neutral. If if it's approved uh, and there becomes a purveyor that they can work with, uh, they'll they're all over it. If not, it'll become some type of a waterfront related use. And you know, I don't know what what it will be. Uh, could be open water rowing could move into that front and being a little closer to the water. I don't know. You know. Okay, and I just had one more question. Can you pull up that image that you had? I believe figure nine is what it's all being referred to. I believe you walked over maybe somewhere. I don't know if you have it handy. I think Tricia would have to pull that up because I'm not 100% sure what figure nine is. Um, I think that's the view. So it's a view yeah. from Galilee, right? Yeah. Okay. It is. Yeah. I, I, I prefer down. to see what you, I thank you, Tricia. I'd actually prefer to see what was shown because okay. I just want to cross-reference what yeah. you showed. Yeah. Ren, can I can I ask a question on that? I thought what you were showing was not from Galilee, but it was from the bike path. No, I do have images from the bike path, and I can actually show that in the same um, tour. Uh, so what you did show was from Galilee? Yes. One, yes. Okay. Yeah. So if you and, could show that, if you could show that again. Yeah. So I think there is some advantage to doing it like this because you can zoom into things. Let's see, where am I at here? Should be, yeah. Can you hear him okay, everyone? Yeah. So I can hear him, but I'm I'm seeing, I see That's, you, Diane. Oh, no, I'm, I'm up. If you look at Brent McDonald, whoops. 
Oh, I see. Because you and I, uh, Commissioner said. Okay. Are, yep. Are, I can. Uh, I can. We can see your screen now. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, and I think actually uh, Mount Tam is a little higher. I mean, there is a photo simulation, so I think there is a little bit more of Mount Tam. Not a lot, but uh, there's a little more there. Okay, I think that's clear now. Thank you. Okay. And then that, I, I'd love to just back. go back to what's in. Okay, that I'm trying to understand what you're showing versus what's in our staff report and seeing. Is, is different than what's in the staff? I don't think it's different. I think it's and that's, a smaller that's scale. That's where I think not the, quite as clear. I think it's a matter of uh, resolution of the printing. If that makes sense. I'm. Conceptually, it makes sense. I just see the palm trees are physically in a different different place. Um, I'm all. Thank you. You could be Oh, well, the in that one, that's an actual picture. The up above. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. talking about, no, right, that's no. exactly. Correct. Yeah. So if, if I may, I, I agree that the top figure is a picture. This middle figure above figure 10 is a rendering. And I think that these palm trees are just not ideally located in that the palm trees that are rendered are actually the elements that are blocking the view, not mm -hmm. the buildings themselves. Yeah, I would agree with that. So I think I think the other rendering that we were shown earlier is is probably more accurate. Sure, but the point is what we're looking at is for the public record and I have I had not seen that other image until this evening, and so I think that being a having a visual discrepancy is makes it difficult. Um, but those are all the questions I have. Thank thank you, Commissioner Saad. Uh, I'll go to Commissioner Junius, uh, Vice Chair Junius. Uh, additional questions. Thank you, uh, Chair Luxembourg. Um, just to follow up, um, Brent, I had a few more um, uh, programmatic questions for you. Sure. So I, you know, I, I in looking at. You know, building building A, the one farthest from the water, is the most curious one for me. So the the dry boat storage, I totally get it. You, those 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 spots look big enough, um, but it seems. I mean, that's the that's the one that's farthest away from the water. You know, the way the current outdoor boat storage works is people you know drag their boat on their little wheelie thing, and and a lot of them put it right into the water on the beach at Schoonamacher. There is a little. A little crane I've seen used um, near Liberty Ship 85, which is you know right across, right next to um, the La Garage restaurant. There's a way to put a boat in there, but it would. I mean, it just seems to me that the the boat storage is as far away from the water as <laughs> as you could get it. Um, is that was there a reason for that? Is that is the I don't well, know, just a, yeah, a curious the, the original intent all along was to put a building with um, less people activity uh fronting Galilee. Uh, the A building is the closest building to Galilee and that was the concept. Um, the uh, waterfront building has a different um, 
level of criteria uh, has a potential to have a, a boaters club. Uh, the open water rowing has uh, been slated to be in there. Traveling companions has been discussed to be in, in there. Um, groups that are actively um, dispersing to the uh, to the water and the other one, the other people have a choice. So if they find it's too far or doesn't work for them, they won't rent the space. So um, that's, I think, the concept. So fair enough. And then I'm, I'm looking, the circulation does look like, you know, if you're willing to, you know, roll your boat out through the little lanes here, you you can still get to the beach and you can still get to that little crane, right? There, there's no, it, every, everything will connect to the existing. Yeah, the crane ship is on, on the schoonmaker side. The uh, Around the uh, C building has removable bollards uh, yep, that can allow boats to actually drive in, particularly during special events that could occur. But the concept is, is that these are uh, the boats that are being launched off of Schoonmaker Beach, Schoonmaker Beach are are very small, light craft. In fact, I have my uh, tandem kayak in the yard, and I agree with you. It's a little bit of a movement for a double kayak, but not for a, a single. And then you you do have the big wheelies that you use to kind of uh, ameliorate the situation. Okay, great. Appreciate that. Thank you for the clarification. Thank you, Vice Chair Junius. Uh, Commissioner Fellow, additional questions? Yes, uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. I had two additional questions um, that I, I just wanted to get some clarity on. The first is, um, we've asked this question before, but I wasn't clear on the answer, and that is regarding phasing of the work. Are you intending to phase this work or is this one like a one shot demo new build uh, situation? So the owners would prefer to phase it. However, there's going to be a conflict with the actual uh, way that the, I, I don't know if it's the building code or the zoning code. Uh, the, the current Sausalito code requires a two year uh, maximum build out time. Yes. And so uh, we are intending to comply with that. If we didn't have to comply with that, we probably would build two of the buildings first and one later. Okay. Um, and then can you explain a little bit more about the assessment district and what's included in that assessment district? Like which, is it all the parcels down there or can you explain who would be Assessed okay. in the assessment district? So there isn't an assessment district. I know, it, but there was a proposed one. There's basically. been proposed, yes. And, and uh, you know, actually, uh, Diane may have to speak more to the legalities of it. It's my understanding you've got to get a certain percentage vote of the property owners uh, to vote. And if they do, then everybody's required to join in. One of the biggest problems with the assessment district, because we did actually try and drum up the interest for it. The major property owner here is uh, the U.S. government, and the U.S. government is prohibited by law from participating in assessment districts. So you immediately got a pretty good barrier to, to getting the assessment district going. Some of the property owners have been changing. Uh, none of the owners down on the point itself, Schoonmaker or this property, are against an assessment district. And I know that uh, I believe it was Bruce Huff when he represented 
and Bruce Huff does not represent as many people anymore on, on in the area. But at the time, his owners were in support of the assessment district. But again, the biggest obstacle was the uh, prohibition against the federal government participating. Well, again, I'm trying to understand where, where what the boundary lines of that assessment district were, like what, uh, where and a listing of the property owners. I believe it's part of the uh, record. I could bring it up here and, and you can see it. If uh, you guys want to move on to something else, I'll get it up. I have to find it, uh, but there is a map. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's basically, it, uh, so I think from the original uh, Marin ship master plan, I think it would probably be, uh, uh, areas one and two combined. So it goes down to um, to SWA and the tennis courts and then cuts across, but I don't think it includes those office buildings that were constructed by Deke, I think it was. So I think it's everything uh, south of uh, those newer buildings that are just beyond SWA. It, and but you're probably if I may interject here with respect to the assessment district, that's not something that's within the power of the city to condition approval of this project on. No, I understand that. I'm just trying to get to the question of does is your project contingent on needing that to no. be a successful project? No. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Uh thank you, Commissioner Feller. Uh I'm gonna go back to if there are any other questions from the other commissioners, I'm going to go to the questions that Trisha was not able to answer that hopefully you can answer. Uh, uh, Trisha is supposed to get us this uh, easement that uh, supposedly the city has for the bike path. And I don't know if that includes the marsh, doesn't include the marsh, but I'm a little confused, uh, Diane, about something you just said on in that regard. So, BCDC throughout the San Francisco Bay is, is uh, required public access all over the Bay. And so, and, um, you know, and Brent just said one of your tenants is, is looking at this because it's on the Bay. So the fact that you're saying that there is no shoreline for this project is just baffling to me. These are obviously on the shoreline, whether or not the city has an easement, which we have, this commission has not seen the the wording on, but I don't think that would prohibit it from uh, uh, from this land fronting the water. It fronts the water. It fronts water, and it, it has access to the water. And we just talked about how people are going to get boats out of the water to this project. So I don't. Uh, I, I'm a little confused. But are you familiar with the wording of this easement? Do you have a copy also of this easement for the uh, city? I. Is that, I'm sorry, is that directed to me? Yes, I, can you also send me a copy and I can then compare the copy I get from Trisha with the copy I get from you. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of confusion about what this easement is uh, uh, for uh, with relationship to the bike path. Can you get me a, uh, can you send the commission a copy of that easement? If I may, it's actually a couple of easements. Okay, there's can you send both the, of them? There's an easement for the path. And then there's a landscape easement. So I think there's actually three easements. Uh, send all of them. That would be helpful. Thank you. We will. We'll be happy. Um, then uh, I also assume, uh, I guess this is a Diane question, that you have an easement. First of all, you can't access this property with the one-way loop problem. So you must have an easement from somebody else to get in here and also 
you're moving eight parking spaces, uh, relocating the public parking spaces. So do you have a copy of that easement that you can also send us? It says you have a right to do make these changes on property you don't own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's an agreement. It's not an easement to uh, relocate the parking stalls. And then in terms of uh, the roadway systems, uh, the roadway systems easement was set up uh, in the 80s and includes uh, enough width to have a two-way traffic going in through what I called the loop road. I could show you that if you want. Uh, no, just just get us the copy of the easements so that we understand. Uh, they're they're on the drawings actually and, and recorded. Yeah, but we can get you copy. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Just yeah. get us the actual easements, the legal yes, documents, we will. not, not yeah. what's on the drawing. Yeah, um, and and for clarity purposes, the um, relocation of those parking stalls that was done pursuant to a an agreement. That's not an easement. So no, but, I, I, I heard Brent say that, so that's fine. So just yeah, give us we'll a get copy. You that as well. Give us a uh, physical copy of the agreement. It can be electronic, so we can actually read that. Yeah. Um, uh, I heard something. Uh, I'm confused about this assessment district. So let me ask this question. Separate from the assessment district, you folks are going to pay 84% of the cost of the traffic improvement that is needed to get a negative declaration. So uh, is that in my understanding? Am I, I heard somebody say 84%. Maybe Brent told me that. Uh, I think Tricia mentioned that. That's Tricia. correct. It comes out to roughly six hundred thousand dollars, and has to do with uh, the uh, queuing lane um, up on uh, Bridgeway heading so north. Who who is the sixteen percent? Uh, the city. The I city. Believe, there I aren't any other property owners. Excuse me. There are not any other property owners. No. And if the city gets this eighty-four percent, is there some understanding? that they're gonna build this project and chicken uh, chip in the 16% because it, it doesn't, the money doesn't help if it doesn't get built. And that has been uh, Bruce Huff's uh, criticism of this as a project. And you have a record on that. And uh, I don't know, anyway, there's a whole, there's a whole concept behind that statement. But, but is, there, there, is there some discussion that this will happen if you put in the 84%, uh, is somebody committed or said anything or well, or is that part of this project? What is, I'm trying to understand. We understand the 84% is part of this project, but yes. what, what what gets it done? Is there something, you've had discussions with public works or what is happening in that regard? Well, yeah, if he's still on the phone, he's the one who probably needs to speak to it because it's a public project. It's not a private project and it's not overseen or administered by us. It uh, goes through the public bid process, public design process, and is implemented. So, it's, if it, uh, it, so it's 84% of whatever the final bid number. If, it, if it's less, you pay less. If it's more, you pay more. Or is a set amount that you're suggesting be put in as a condition on this project? Reasonable questions. Maybe Diane knows the answer. I don't. Okay. Yeah, Diane, I, do you know the answer? Yeah, I, I did hear someone start to speak, I think, with the city. So I didn't want to enter. I wanted to give them a chance if that's what was happening. Uh, I'm not seeing anybody speaking on the city's side. Okay. So. Um, yeah. Um, so this is definitely certainly public works should be able to provide more detail about this. But um, in this case, the 84% would constitute the project's fair share of that intersection improvement. 
Um, and then um, we will have to confirm kind of the source of the remaining um, funds for that, but that would typically be collected through other developers or projects or as part of permit fees um, that would um, constitute the fair share of the other um, users, you know, primary users of that intersection. Okay, thank you. Um, there was some discussion about the traffic impacts and the 700 and uh, whatever trips per day. Uh, do, what, is there a base, does your traffic engineer have a baseline of what is currently uh, the number of trips per day coming in and off Bridgeway into the into Liberty Ship Way now to compare that number to? Well, I think that uh, the the seven, so there was um, two traffic studies done, one by Dudek and one by us. And uh, I believe the 706 uh, trips is the Dudek report. So Dudek should probably uh, comment. And my understanding is yes, they take uh, into consideration the existing conditions and the new conditions. And uh, I can't uh, emphasize enough, if people want to lower the traffic count, deny the CUP. Um, okay, I, I don't understand why you're- well, coming, again, Why we, you have something in your plans that you want us to deny. If you want well, us to deny, <laughs> I, 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 that's a little strange to me. But anyways, I'll, I'll let that one go. Yeah. Uh, the, the uh, I mean, if you're out, if, if, if you're the architect, you're not the applicant. If, you're, if your client wants it or doesn't want it, 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 we, it would be good to know. So. We all believe that it's a reasonable use in the right location, but there seems to be uh, an inordinate amount of conversation on the subject. And it, it, it's a neutral, it's a neutral for the owners. The owners. Uh, the question I'm asking though, is not about, about, about that use. My question I'm asking is, uh, I, I'm, I understood that the 700 and whatever is what your project is generating. Yes. Uh, and so right now there's a certain number of uses per day in that are actually happening to Liberty Ship Wharf. Right. And those buildings comprise probably more than your buildings. And if you know, it would be interesting to know the number that those buildings, which have X amount of square foot, which is less than yours, are generating right now to compare it to what you're doing. That's that was I thought you were, it was a number you might have right on the top of your head, but because it's you know they do uh, consider that that's what sets up the level of service uh, for the intersection. So you know what the number is. You don't know what the number is. I, 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 okay. So yeah. well, we can we can ask that of 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 the Dudak see if they their traffic engineers have that number. Uh, but I'll ask that in in a minute. Uh, this medical offices that is medical manufacturing is medical something else and doesn't seem to be some of the ones you're listing for the electronic boats. So do you really have something medical that you have in mind? We were asked to put together a hypothetical set of tenants that produced a, a maximum traffic impact. Uh, when that was asked of us, our statement was, well, we can, we can set up a set of tenants that seems reasonable, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, the tenanting will comply with the zoning and planning code. And as we've seen, 
uh, this project in, in on my books has been going since 2015. The uh, the state of uh, marine industrial is is dramatically changed, and uh, so the tenants' uh, makeup is changing. And as we said, if we were able to deliver this project in two years from now, in all likelihood, we would have Candela as a tenant. When we can't deliver it in the next two years, uh, every day goes by, Candela becomes less and less likely. That's for example. If you were to use Candela, who wants to take most of two buildings, uh, wouldn't the wouldn't the design change if per tenant fit up than what you're? Uh, they've seen right it. Now? They've seen the design and yes. they've said it will work. And they like again. They like the high power. They like uh, the uh, steel and metal construction. They like the high ceilings, and uh, it works for them. Can, where, could they have if they had less height, which clearly was an issue that was has been multiple identified multiple times? Could it could it work for them if it was if it was less high? I haven't asked that question. You know, I don't know what the answer to that is, but I can also tell you that Candela may not be the, again, the, the, the chances diminish uh, every day that you can't deliver it on what at one time was an expectation for them. Uh, you know, people, again, it's, it all comes down to negotiating the deal and you can't negotiate the deal until you've got a delivery date. But you could ask that question of them whether they need 32 feet for what they want to do. Well, these are, these are two level buildings. So it's not 32 feet clear inside. And I would say for a manufacturing that's putting a gantry crane over something, these are already probably at a minimum. Yeah, it's certainly the height is very important for maintaining the flexibility and attracting and keeping tenants, um, especially if we're targeting these, you know, manufacturing type uses, they just, and, and storage um, and warehouse uses, they just simply need the space, that vertical space. I see. Um, Chair, if I may, um, I, I'd like to give Daniel Hoffman an opportunity to weigh in. I see his hand is raised and uh, um, he may have something pertinent. On the traffic counts? On the traffic yeah. Um, yeah, so I took a look at the traffic study. And, um, our traffic study does provide level of service analysis, although not a requirement per CEQA. Um, it is provided for informational purposes which analyzed two intersections um, at Marin Ship Way and Ridgeway and Ridgeway and Spring Street. And it was determined for that analysis that level of service, uh, which currently operates at B uh, for the first intersection would not change. And for the second intersection currently operates at A, uh, level of service A, which would not change in terms of grading. So. That. Yeah, that's that's not the question I'm asking. I, I'm trying to get to Commissioner Feller's concern about whether the number had doubled or whatever. And if they're saying that this site is going to generate 700 and something trips a day, my question is, uh, how many trips a day are currently, usually when they do traffic studies, they put little counters out there and they would have a baseline of how many trips per day are currently going in and out, whether it whether it was today or it was done in 2019 before the pandemic where the buildings haven't changed much 
uh, the uses uh, the the usage might have changed during the pandemic. But if if there was a building count done before the pandemic of what the baseline is to to this pro uh, to adjacent to this property, then we could compare this number and see whether we're off by a factor of two kind of thing. Does anybody have that? Do you, you folks don't have that kind of data? There was, a counter, there was a counter put out before the pandemic. I believe it was 2018. And who who would have that information that, that we could get that from? It's in the TIS study. And is that attached to our documents Tran that you have? TIS, transportation, I don't know. Anyway, it's called a TIS study. Mm -hmm. It's in the appendix D of the initial study. Um, I don't have the counts in front of me at the moment, um, but yeah. You know, if somebody could find that piece of information while we get public comment, that would be helpful. Chair, um, I, I, if, if I may, I, I appreciate the, the desire to get as much information as possible. I think what's important for commissioners to keep in mind is that Yes, there are some unknowns as related to ultimate use. However, uh, Dudek and their team have conducted studies in connection with a number of future conditions and all study area intersections for these multiple, multiple future conditions are forecast to operate at an acceptable level of service with the exception of the eastbound left turn line at the Marin Shipway Easterby Street Bridgeway intersection, which there is a solution for. I understand that, Commissioner Phipps. Uh, I'm I'm trying to address the the data and whether we have accurate data with regard to trip generation and also as it relates to parking. So so I'm 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 uh, under I'm not I'm understanding the level of service and that that I think is a good thing. But I'm also looking to try to clarify why one number was given us at previous study sessions. And I thought if, the, if that I thought that would be a simple number to get. I was I'm surprising that nobody can get that simple number and tell me currently there's 400 and they're projecting 700. And then it's crazy. Or currently there's a thousand and they're projecting 700, which seems logical. That that was all I was trying to do there and and verify the data because if we don't have accurate, if we're not getting accurate data, then so, where, how can we go anywhere? That's my share. Concern. Chair, maybe staff can look look for that while we take public comment, and we can circle back to that. Yeah, we... I was hoping Dudak could could find that because they they probably have that. So, um, uh, Trisha, you had a comment. In there uh, I just wanted to add that I went back and looked at the original um, staff report for the first study session where we talked about traffic and. Um, it had in it um, the same numbers as 706 and the same peak hour. Um, so if there was something in the presentation where a different number was put out, then we apologize if there was some misspeaking, but the written work has the same numbers in it. So we apologize if there was um, a, a wrong number in the presentation. Okay. Um... At this point, are there other uh, commissioner have any other additional questions of the applicant before I open it up for uh, public comment? Uh, seeing none at this point, uh, uh, Director Phipps, if you could tell the public how to raise their hand in the Zoom application, uh, I will note for the record, we have received uh, comments uh, um, Prior to the posting of this, and since that, all of those have been transmitted to the commission. We have all received those uh, those comments. 
uh, I uh, encourage people as they speak, if the person before you says what you wanted to say, you can agree with them and you don't need to completely repeat what somebody else has said, but you'll be given three minutes. At the end of the three minutes, uh, I will note that the, the, the electronics turn off the mic. So we will put up a, a, a timer so you can see it to make sure that you're managing your time well. Uh, with that, uh, Director Phipps, tell people how to uh, sign on on Zoom to give comments. Thank you, Chair. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it is your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. And, and just to um, be clear, we will be cutting speakers off at three minutes. Um, so please, to the extent that you can, finish your comments prior to the timer elapsing. Thank you. Thank you, Director Phipps. With that, I am seeing some hands raised. I'll start with, uh, my list may be different than others, so I'm just gonna go down my list. Uh, Mr. Alan Levine, uh, uh, if the Zoom team can unmute your microphone and uh, unmute your video. Hello, can you hear me? Uh, yes. Okay, so we're going. Um, I'm I Alan. See you though, but... Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Alan Levine, and I represent Coast Action Group, and I want to thank you for doing due diligence and asking the right questions. And uh, the question that Chairman Luxembourg asked about Liberty Ship Joint Venture owners, they are the same owners. I researched it and there's no reason why they can't do reciprocal mitigation being the same owners and having the same impacts on the general area. Um, CAG submitted comics properly, promptly after the, the notice, which was late by admission by Brent. He put it up a day later than is, is noted in, in, in the timeline. But most of the, the issues that are presented by uh, Coast Action Group have been for public safety. And I think that those are the, should be the highest priority so, and that has to do with safe access. Public access, as it stands now, is a tragedy. Not all the time, but on weekends, things are crazy there. And But the Marin Ship Area Plan did notice that there were problems in circulation and uh, public egress, and they asked in the plan for that to be fixed at the next development phase, and this is the phase. If people want to launch boats, come to the, to the Schumacher area with their boat on their car, they cannot find a place to unload unless they park in the fire lane. That is a hazard. And then little kids and people don't know where to go and have to fit themselves between the cars. I want to make it clear that you are losing 20 or 30 parking spaces where building B is going that's being used by the restaurant uh, La Garage. And where are those people going to park? Are they going to park in, in the uh, public access spaces? That, that, that's for that restaurant on that separate property. Uh, I think there's a, a different owner there. So we need safe routes to the beach and places where people can get their boat near the beach 
and be able to launch. And, and I really need you to look at that issue. So um, one of the issues that CAG raised was uh, elevated particulate of concern. There's some contaminated soils or any kind of soils. And I asked for a description of uh, the proposed BMPs. And I think the public is due a description of what they're going to do to keep elevated particulate down. Now, visual resources uh, may, may, may not be a secret issue for private views. Uh, thank you, Mr. Levine. Uh, the next speaker is uh, Diane Pazlowski. Uh, if Zoom team can unmute her uh, and unmute and un unmute and uh, on video or whatever we call it. Uh, uh, you're still muted. You have to unmute your, your own computer, I think. There we go. How's that? That's good. Thank you. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Good evening, planning commissioners and all the public who's here. I'm Diane Pazlowski, and I've been a Sausalito resident for 27 years and the executive director of Environmental Traveling Companions, or ETC, for the past 39 of our 50 years in existence. Um, this week, I just passed the executive director torch to Amy Good, our new executive director, but I'll be staying involved with the Liberty Ship Project as a resident and as it relates to et cetera's sea kayak program. Our mission is to make the joy and challenge of outdoor adventures accessible to people with disabilities and under-resourced youth, inspiring confidence, connection to nature, and stewardship of the environment. Every year we serve over 3,000 participants in our programs and partner with over 100 agencies and schools, including United Cerebral Palsy um, of the North Bay, Lighthouse for the Blind, and Marin Ventures. Our sea kayak program began in 1984 in Sausalito, and it was the first accessible sea kayak program in the nation. And whether it's someone in a wheelchair or someone who's blind or a disabled vet, everyone's welcome to adventure with, et cetera, and explore the bay. Our sea kayak program has had its home at Liberty Ship for over 30 years. We store our single, double, and triple kayaks along with soft gear and five 24-foot containers donated by Matson Navigation, and we conduct instruction and launch our kayaks from the beach. Liberty Ship um, has been an in incredibly supportive as our landlords, and we've had a great relationship with Mike Rainey over the decades. And I wanna express gratitude for their generosity in keeping our rents extremely affordable. We would hope that with the potential development of 7074 Liberty Ship, that the support would continue and give our kayak program more security for the future. If this project is approved and moves forward, it's our intention to move into storage bays and hopefully even have a classroom for teaching participants more about the bay and how to be wise stewards of the Bay Estuary. The beach with its um, protective harbor is perfect for beginning kayakers who can then progress to Richardson Bay and San Francisco Bay over to Angel Island for overnight adventures, which we've been doing for four decades. Liberty Shipway and Schoonmaker Beach have been our sea kayak program's home and base for thousands of transformational experiences for our participants and volunteers alike. And with continued support from the owners and Harbor Master, we would look forward to an affordable long-term base for our accessible kayak program that calls Sausalito our home. 
Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for your comments. Uh, next speaker I have is Jude Stalker. Zoom team, can you unmute? Yeah, okay. I wasn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't okay. think I had to say that, but I guess I do. <laughs> okay, well, um, thank you so much. My name is Judy Stalker, and I'm with Marin Audubon, and um, I'm also a wildlife biologist, and I'm very familiar with Mono Street Marsh, because for the past several years, I've been going in there with volunteers to remove an invasive plant with the support of both Schoonmacher and Galilee Harbor, which has been really, really, really appreciated. So um, Marin Audubon has been focused on the health and uh, well-being of wetland habitats for the, over 60 years in Marin County. And um, that's what the focus of the comments are um, tonight for me and for us. Um, we believe that the initial study and the mitigated negative declaration do not adequately address the impacts to the Mono Marsh and the associated upland habitats and to the native species that rely on them. It's a relatively small marsh uh, relative to um, other marshes in Marin County and throughout the Bay, but it really is the only marsh in Sausalito and it is, um, it is a pretty healthy one. Spending a lot of time there, I've um, noticed quite a bit of wildlife that uses the marsh and a lot of different species of native plants there, including a rare plant um, that we work very carefully around when we're removing the invasive species. So um, the tidal marsh itself is really an important for the wildlife as habitat, as nursery grounds, feeding grounds, a uh, place to take cover from predators. But it also is really important for us. It stabilizes the shoreline, it attenuates the waves, it prevents or slows down erosion, it improves water quality, it sequesters carbon. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a really important thing to have and um, it's crucial to take care of that one piece of wetland that um, Sausalito has there. And then not just the marsh itself, but the associated wetlands are very important. Um, sorry, the associated uplands. Um, it's a place for the animals to take cover when the tide is high. It's also um, serves as a buffer to the wetland. And um, it's, you know, a buffer to people, dogs, noise, lights, so um, it's, it's important. We at Marin Audubon recommend that the buffer is at least 100 feet from the marsh to where there might be um, disturbances. And um, with sea level rise right now um, on us and getting going to get uh, more and more um, obvious and um, challenging, um, the really important thing Thank you. Thank you for your comments. You've hit the three minute mark and I apologize, but uh, we need to move on to the next um, speaker. Uh, the next speaker I have is six concerned residents. Uh, Zoom team, if you can unmute. Uh, and uh, if 
if there's six of you or if there's one of you, however you're doing it, if you can give your name and address for the record, that'd be helpful. Hi, this is uh, Super Holland, and I'm a resident of Galilee, but I also am a tenant at 10 Liberty Ship and have been for about 40 years uh, at that time um, over in Bay 2, which is now called Sausalito Creative Center. Um, so much has been said tonight and express I, I appreciate uh, Julie's uh, comments about the Martian will kind of abbreviate some of mine about uh, that too, although I want to emphasize that as uh, one of the things that this project has touted is that it will, uh, as a public benefit, bring more uh, people along that bike and uh, pedestrian path. But please be aware that in fact, what happens is people and animals who are with their people will go ahead and um, go into that uplands uh, a portion of the marsh. And um, what they're doing is they're disturbing the life, uh, the wildlife there, as well as the vegetation, uh, you know, with that. So although they're seeing it as a public benefit, it's also something that can lead to the destruction of the marsh ultimately, or, um, uh, you know, wildlife uh, going somewhere else. I want to also, as far as more pedestrian traffic and more bike traffic, and I'm going to say electric bike traffic on that uh, public path, um, I don't think all of them are coming from home and walking uh, along that pathway and then returning home. I, you know, I question the numbers on the traffic studies with the fact that uh, perhaps what some people are doing, and I see this every day, is that people are coming and walking their animals and they're not parking over at Schoonmacher. What they're doing is they're parking at Dumpy Park or in neighboring neighborhoods with that. So I would like you to consider that when you look at um, the traffic use that uh, this facility brings, uh, you know, along with it uh, and include that as well uh, with things. Um, I don't really see what the, uh, the public benefits that, it's, uh, that it could be doing that perhaps it should consider. Uh, for example, it might subsidize um, boat access uh, at other spots along the waterfront into Sausalito. Um, including the, you know, the public dock down by what used to be Zach's um, uh, restaurant. Uh, and uh, thank you for your comments. Uh, the next uh, speaker is uh, Graf. Is that Richard? Richard, is that uh, Richard Graf? Uh, Zoom team, can you unmute and do video? Uh, you, you still have to unmute your 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 unmute your computer because I think Zoom team did their piece. We're still not hearing you. 
You're unmuted, but I'm not hearing you. Yeah. Commissioner, it seems as though we're having the same audio issue that we were experiencing um, at the start of this meeting. Okay. My recommendation would be for uh, Richard to dial in, at which okay. point we can return to his opportunity to provide public comment. In the meantime, um, if there are additional speakers. Yeah, he's, he's picking up a phone and calling in. Uh, let me ask. Uh, uh, he's the last hand I'm seeing raised, so I'm going to speak to the public that's on Zoom. If anybody else wants to speak, they should raise their hand while uh, Richard calls in. May uh, I take and, this and, moment and to just? Saad, yes. May uh, I, I just take this moment to ask if staff can unmute call in user three? I just want to switch to my headset. I'm having some difficulty with the internet. Uh, Zoom team, uh, if you can do that and let's test it. Uh, Commissioner Saad, can you say something? Chair Luxembourg, there seems yes. to be a few more hands up. Do you want to take them first? No, I, I want you to unmute caller, call in user three. Uh, what uh, Commissioner Saad decided to switch from her computer audio to the phone audio, so that's just letting her speak more, uh, speak more normally. She's not making comments. She just wants to change her audio input. Maria, did you do the Zoom part of that yet, or does she have to do something? I don't see her on my screen yet. Um, Colin user three, um, I believe has their hand raised currently. I do believe she has pressed star nine to unmute from her phone. There we go. Can we hear you, uh, Commissioner Saad? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. So, okay. So she's all okay, set. Thank you. You can take your hand down. Uh, uh, Richard, have you been able to call in? Um, Chair, let's move on to the other raised hands and come back to. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Fellow. That's a good suggestion. I have uh, Jay. Jay, I'm not, I apologize for not pronouncing your name right. Jay Heisman. Jay Heisman, yes. Jay Heisman, sorry about that. Quite uh, a uh, your the floor is yours. Uh, uh, you've got three minutes. Thank you for coming. Super. Thank you. Um, really appreciate the opportunity to express concerns about this project. Uh, while I'm generally in support of development and uh, using private property for personal profit, I'm also recognizing that there's significant community impact here. I live at 142 Filbert, which has a direct view uh, over the property. If you're standing at the property and looking up the hill, 
Uh, you see my building is kind of the first in the elevation. And um, so the view impact, I, as I understand it, is not protected legally. And um, I guess I need to learn a little bit more about that. But I do feel like it will dramatically affect the uh, coastline view for a lot of residents that live in, in my neighborhood and also in the above neighborhoods. Um, I share the concerns about protecting the ecology of the estuary and you know the herons that perch around uh, the Galilee Harbor. Um, and I'm not sure you know what can be done to mitigate the impacts on that little ecosystem. But I'm also aware that the number of wetlands are diminishing and those are really important fisheries and, and habitats. I'm concerned that there's not an EIR that's been required because I would assume that there would be some kind of uh, ecological impact with such a substantial footprint. Um, so I guess I'm interested if that is something that uh, can be done that uh, it seems that it would be wise. Um, also concerned about the significant noise impact. I work from home. I know that's an increasing uh, habit for people generally, but I see clients and uh, they do visit my home and that's going to have a significant impact on my ability to do my business. Um, and I don't know, you know, yeah, so I guess overall as a, a resident here, uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing both short-term and significant long-term impacts. Uh, I know that my neighbors, my immediate neighbors also work from home. And so, um, although I don't think they're here tonight, I, I suspect that they would also share those concerns. Yeah, I uh, think that's... A thank you. Thank you very much for your comments this evening. Uh, 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 Richard, do you have voice yet or not yet? No voice yet. Okay. Uh, we have somebody else, so I'll go to somebody else and keep working on it. Uh, uh, Raylene Gorham, Zoom team, if you could unmute, that would be helpful. Thank you. Welcome. Hi there. Um, hi there. Thank you, commissioners. Um, I just want to say that there are, uh, are a great many discrepancies in this application, and I really appreciate you all doing your homework. Um, I'm going to try to limit my comments to one glaring discrepancy that um, I submitted in a letter with visual analysis earlier today. Um, uh, and that speaks to the impacted views of Mount Tam. Um, I believe that the Appendix A indicates 53 images taken from close range along the bike path on Schoonmacker. Um, property and they're a little bit disingenuous um, because they're taken at that kind of close range. And then the 
the submission skips to one rendering from Duffy Park, which is in that most congested corner right behind the bathrooms. Um, and it completely skips Galilee Harbor. And I think that maybe the misrepresentation here is that Galilee Harbor is viewed as, oh, um, I don't know if I can share screen, but I have made such renderings here as views from our public viewing platform behind me. Um, Hold on one second. Zoom team, can we allow uh, uh, Ms. Gorham to share screen, please? Luxembourg, I have. Okay, uh, you 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 can share your screen. Thank you so much. Um, I did spend some time on this representation here. Um, so, are you seeing this now? Um, it just says you started sharing screen. We're not quite seeing the screen yet. Thank you for your patience here. Um, oh no. Um, shoot, same quite unexpected. Here we go. <sighs> Does anybody know how to help with that or? We've received these on uh, in public comments. So yeah, we've, re we've received your, your comments. We can, uh, um, uh, Tricia could put it up on, on the screen if they, are these from the comments you submitted today? Yes, they are. Uh, if you uh, can Trisha, help me share screen, I'm having Zoom issues. Thank you. Um, uh, Tricia, can you just share that, that, that comment because you have it from today? Um, yes. Uh... Just one second. Okay. Uh, Ms. Gorham, uh, uh, our consultant will share her screen and it should have what you sent today. Okay, thank you so much. Um, what we're seeing here is um, just the views from Bridgeway, which are obviously inconsequential. The highlighted oranges um, hidden back there do not, you know, you're looking through properties, you're looking from a roadway, um, just to skip to the next image. Um, to the left, we have, uh, I've placed the 10, focal points of where the images are presented from Appendix A. Um, those are all the Schoonmacher images. The orange images here, one, two, three, are the images um, of the impacted views from Mount Tam from Galilee Harbor along the public path, completely complete with signage of the public shore. It's used by tourists, locals, everyday dog walkers, plein air painters. Um, as a, an entity, I'm a part of Galilee Harbor. We were required to um, provide a public viewing platform that does not a view of the boats. It's a view to Mount Tam. Um, people use it all the time. I've included three images from this vantage point, which are not included in this application. Here's one, this is view three from that public path, looking back at the pipeline. 
the bike path line, this is view two. Um, you can see the, the orange shaded area is what um, just tracing the um, story pole lines. And this is the third one from the public viewing platform where we have benches where people enjoy the view. That's Mount Tam. It's not depicted. I believe the commissioners have asked for this repeatedly. Um, I just took it upon myself to. Uh, Ms. Gorham, thank you for your comments this evening. And we, we also did receive this today. So, um, well, we've all had an opportunity to see that. Uh, the next, um, uh, Richard, are you sound yet? No? No. Okay, we'll keep going, but you keep working on it. Uh, Chair, Sonia, Chair. Oh, no, we got, oh, good. I hear a sound. Yeah, excuse me, Chair, if I may, yes. and, and apologies, not, not Richard Graff, oh, but, okay. uh, but I am seeing a phone dial-in attendee with the name Richard Graff, and I'm wondering if we, and yes, I think he's indicating that that may be him. I think if, if we attempt to unmute him, uh, we may be able to get his public comment on the record. Yes, that would be good. So we get the, he's been waiting a while. So, um. Commissioner Graff, you have to uh, press star nine to unmute your phone. I'm seeing his hand raised now. Yes. Um, I'm not, oh, I see it, okay. He's got his hand raised. In, you need to uh, do star nine is what uh, Maria is telling, uh, telling you. Because she's unmuted the, the part here. So you need to do star nine. Okay, he's he's done that, but can you say something and see if you, if you can hear it? You want to say something, Richard, just so we can uh, see if we can hear it. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing, Chair, I'm seeing his phone dial-in still muted. I believe star nine only is to raise your hand. Oh, so what What do you do to unmute? Thank you. There we go. I'm seeing Commissioner Saad say six. Try star six. Star six? <laughs> Number six, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody please help. I'm seeing I'm seeing Richard unmuted on his phone now. Okay. Can you Richard say something and see if we can hear you? No. He's showing us the phone and I don't know what it well, is. Chair, I think we should move on to the next members of the public with patiently having their hands raised and we can come back. Uh, I agree, Commissioner. Okay. Uh, my suggestion, one suggestion might be for uh, Brand, um, Director Fix for Richard to call you and, and then we can hear him through that, but I, I don't know what else to suggest at this point. But let's move on to some other people. Uh, 
The next uh, name I see on my list is Alexandra uh, Canton. If Zoom team can unmute and uh, uh, allow video. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, thank you so much for this meeting and thank you to the commission for doing such excellent due diligence. Um, three points um, following up with um, other public comments I've heard, but one that I haven't heard yet, the bike, the so-called bike path, this small path that goes along the marsh is keeping touted as like some like public major thoroughfare, and it's not. It was a dirt path until very recently. Um, if you look at the multi-use paths in Mill Valley, um, it feels like it's being described like that. So I'm, I'm a little hesitant to think that this is really going to be um, something, unless there is major upgrades, which could potentially damage the marsh. I don't think that public path is really um, a sustainable solution for the amount of foot traffic that they're anticipating. Secondly, um, every single person who visits Sausalito, every single person who walks our, the, the paths beginning at Dunphy across the Galilee property and over to the other public paths, that view will be completely impacted forever. This comments is so disingenuous that it's just a few private citizens that are going to be affected by this. You, you can see Mount Tam from Dunphy Park presently. And if those buildings are there, that is going away. So this impacts literally everyone. Um, and um, my third comment is about the traffic. Anybody who has come up from that area, up that, that skinny little hill, waiting to make a left or right turn, to the, the idea that we're going to be adding so much more traffic in that area and that you don't think that it's going to back up onto Bridgeway, back up all the way down that road is, is I mean, we're just fooling ourselves. This is going to have a huge impact on our public streets. And I'm really glad that you're taking all of this into account. And thank you again. Uh, thank you for your comments this evening. Um, Richard, uh, I don't know. I don't think we have Richard yet. <laughs> if I may, uh, for yes. Richard's edification, I yes. have provided an email with my personal cell phone to the extent possible. I'd like to keep that over email and not on the public record. Yes. Richard, feel free to give me a call if that is um, feasible for you. So Richard, you can call uh, Director Phipps cell phone number that he just sent you. And uh, and we will hear your voice. You'll see your video. We'll hear your voice through his cell phone. So uh, let's try that approach because uh, uh, um, yeah, we're running sure. out of options. Let, let's keep going, though, Chair. While while Richard is doing that, we've got a lot of public. Okay. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'd be happy to do that. I see uh, on my list uh, Sausalito resident. It doesn't give me a name. So uh, if Zoom team can unmute. Sausalito resident and allow video uh, and they can get if you can give your name and address for the record, please. Oh, hi. Hi. My name is Heather. Just really quickly, I I have collected 51 for the record and here's a picture. 51 signatures from Sausalito residents opposing this project. 
Um, I just wanted to point that out as record and I won't take any more time. I just want to thank you all for doing this. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your comments. And that was sent to uh, through uh, Ms. Stevens to, to the commission. Um, um, uh, uh, I think we have Richard through through uh, Director Phipps now. Director Phipps, is that correct? Let's keep going, Chair. Let's keep going. Okay, I'm just trying to get that one done. Uh, so uh, let me see. I have uh, uh, Terry Thomas, Zoom team, if you can unmute uh, Terry Thomas, that would be good. Hello, thank you for the, let's see here. Start my video. Okay, I think we're good. Um, Thanks for the ability to speak this evening. I have three quick comments that hadn't been addressed from our letters. So just wanted to make sure that they went on the record. They have to do with protecting the marsh. The first is to um, have native plants be planted throughout the marsh. Right now they're not. And as sea level rises, the refuge for the animals, it's gonna be really important that it can go up uphill and into native species. The second is that the pathway be moved inland from the marsh. Again, as sea level rises and also just to give more protection to the upland um, area required for the marsh. The third is that lighting is, uh, is greatly bothers wildlife and especially bird species in migratory season. And if they could um, direct the lighting directly downward, if there have to be lighting on the trail or have small baller short bollards, um, or try to let to direct the lighting away from the marsh. The other lighting will be the headlights from the cars, and it would be great if the parking spaces were um, turned so that headlights wouldn't go into the marsh. Thank you. Thank you for your, for your comments. Um, uh, Director Phipps, do we have that connection now? We have Commissioner Graff on the line through my cell phone. Um, Richard, if you'd like to provide comment. Please go ahead. Okay, and I'm going to make I'm going to help help Richard here. Is these are comments as a yes. resident, not as a commissioner. So, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Now we can hear you. Okay. Um, sorry. Oh, we're losing. There, I think we lost him. Well, I, think I think we, we lost you. We, we need to keep going here. Okay. Hello? Uh, yeah, we can hear you. Keep going. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, my question. Um, no. They struck uh, alongside the marsh and right in the public view looking my recommendation would be in any way possible to reduce the size of the building. We're losing some of the um, the other the other Director Fix, I'm not doing that. In the pathway, 
be looking at the size of these. I'm hearing it fading in and out. Is that what you're hearing? Is um, that hearing now? Richard, I, I, Richard I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm hearing from commissioners that, that they're not able to pick up your audio from my cell phone. Um, um, I, I think that I think that we need to take um, the, the, I think we should we should take the opportunity to move on. Okay. Um, um, okay, we're we're gonna move on. Uh, my, my suggestion to, to Richard would be to uh, cut your video and and call call try calling in again with no video and whatever and see if it works. But I will go on to another uh, another speaker. So I see uh, Sonia H. Uh, if you could. Uh, un, uh, Zoom team can unmute Sonia H and uh, allow her to uh, g give her name and address for the record and um, set the timer to three minutes. Thank you. Thank you, commissioners. My name is Sonia Hammonds. Um, thanks for the opportunity to speak. Um, I'd like to speak a bit about impacts of this project on the public and how some of those impacts can be mitigated um, beyond uh, what's in the MND and um, related to usage of the project, which is not covered in the MND. Um, so this development would take things from a huge percentage of our community. Um, as we've heard, it would greatly reduce the aesthetics and character of the public shoreline experience for many residents and visitors who enjoy the waterfront paths. Um, this relates to the previous comments that the uh, information provided about public views is uh, inaccurate and does not provide uh, information from many public shoreline access points um, that are drastically affected. Um, we're talking about sending 700 car trips per day running straight through where our kids travel on a back road specifically so they can avoid traffic when they're biking to school um, and walking to school and to the library. Um, and then there's the horrendously loud uh, Armageddon we can anticipate uh, during construction when driving pilings for three buildings. I don't know if you've ever been around driving pilings, but um, it can shake you to your core and uh, that will be an epic impact on the community. Um, so let's talk about community benefit agreements so we can do right by our community. And that is uh, typically done uh, through a very interactive process. And you may recall that many residents have been asking for uh, more opportunities to be involved in this process than three minutes would allow, like, you know, a specific session with interactive community discussion. Um, I can share three examples of public benefits that the city could condition the developer to provide. Um, but I'm sure that with meaningful public input, we could identify even more creative solutions. So one is affordable space for our artists. Uh, one of the very purposes of the Marinship specific plan is to ensure that fine artists have a place here. Um, yet fine art is not listed anywhere in the potential uses of this project. So designating affordable workspace for fine artists would be a meaningful way for a development to meet local needs. 
um, work opportunities for artists. We could look at incorporating public art from local artists into building design, which could also address some of the monolithic nature we've heard comments about. Um, there could be rotating opportunities for art exhibits in kind of the lobbies of the buildings. This would not add immense cost to the developer, but it would provide benefits to the community. And as for boat tie-ups, um, if the applicant is not able to provide this public. Thank you for your comments this evening. Uh, next call, uh, next one I have on my list is call in user four. Can you unmute uh, caller user four uh, Zoom team? Okay, is that me? Yeah, that's you. No, no. <laughs> yes, no, okay. we can hear you. I'm so very sorry about this uh, technical difficulty. Um, uh, Richard Graff calling in. Uh, I live at 300 Napa Street, <clears throat> Gatoli Harbor. Uh, I've been uh, in business uh, in Sausalito and design business for 40 years and lived uh, here on the waterfront for 30. So I would like to comment on the uh, overall mass and scale and the visual impact of this project, which is really quite massive. Um, and the orientation of the buildings I feel is really wrong for the site. Um, <clears throat> I would recommend that the, the uh, applicant seriously consider rotating the buildings, particularly A and B, such that they are at 90 degrees to the bike path, to the pedestrian path. That way uh, you would not be looking at the long sides of the buildings. You would be only looking at the ends and the through space between the buildings. I also think that the building close to the water, the uh, sea uh, building uh, is too close to the water. It, it could easily move further away from, from the water and I think if there's going to be a cafe that serves the uh, complex there, that perhaps it's facing the wrong way right now, the, that the restaurant really ought to be facing towards the uh, interior of the project. So I think uh, that that's my main concern. And I, I think there's a really good fix for that by just uh, 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 rotating those buildings. Um, so that is my primary uh, primary uh, comment. I think the architectural style of the buildings uh, is not consistent with the marineship vernacular and that they could be simpler and perhaps reduced in size. Um, oh, I still have a few seconds. Uh, anyway, uh, and so if there were more open space, uh, uh, by, by eliminating a building, let's say, um, that perhaps uh, some of the uh, outdoor use uh, storage of boats and things could still be present on site uh, because I think that's one of the nice things that one encounters over there is that little bit of rustic charm. Um, so I would not uh, like to throw that baby out with the bathwater. Um, okay, uh, those are my main comments. I think uh, I would, I would uh, reiterate that there's some real traffic problems, particularly on Bridgeway. 
and I will close and thank Thank you very much. I'm glad we were finally able to get the audio through. Uh, next on our list here is uh, Vicki Nichols. Uh, uh, Ms. Nichols, uh, welcome this evening. Zoom team, if you can unmute. I'm trying to unmute here, sorry. Um, I wanted to speak quickly. Thank you, commissioners and the public for uh, commenting on this project. This is one of the largest projects we've had in Sausalito for a long time. There seems to be a lot of confusion about the bike path. It's a ped bike path. This was conditioned under the, Marin, the uh, Sausalito Marine, um, Schoonmacher Marine in, in the uh, 1985, the original permits. I've looked at all of these. I got a recent update from their shoreline develop analyst. She sent me the permits uh, governing this property uh, on 317 in terms of the requirement for the path. The path was required because this beach was added, adds, had a, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling here. I'm trying to talk fast. It had a, this uh, sand added to the shoreline. So the path was a requirement of BCDC. Um, it is not a class A or anything else. It's more of a path to give public access there. But there's something interesting in the latest thing she sent me. And it was germane to who owns this property of the parcel we're speaking about tonight. If it is the same owners, they are then required to, in perpetuity, maintain the pathway and the shore. I can send you this document. The permit is the original um, BCDC property. Uh, permits from 1985. This is a like the ninth amendment and it went up through 2013. So the ownership, if it is the same as the Schoonmaker Marina project, also obligates this parcel to be under the same conditions for maintenance of the areas. One of those conditions is about the vegetation in the marsh which has uh, died over the years. Um, Rin Audubon has been doing the maintenance work they talked about but uh, it, it should be brought to better condition. Uh, and it would be if the ownership's the same part of this parcels owner's responsibility. The other thing about restaurants in the Marinship, under the Marinship, we're calling it all kinds of things. It's the Marinship specific plan. These ideas were for more smaller cafes and this can be determined and conditioned by the number of seats is gonna be how large this is. So there is some control that the commission has, as well as getting the applicant what they want. The idea would be for, like was mentioned, sandwiches, the, a smaller kind of um, experience for the workers in the area. And then um, Commissioner Saad mentioned something from the Marin-specific plan talking about the 32-foot height limit. That didn't sound to me like that was a guaranteed right that was a restriction that sounded rather than just going in and asking for that, there could be a determination of the need for that. Uh, it's difficult to make these decisions because you don't have these tenants, but I do support these industrial uses. Uh, thank you, Ms. Nichols. Uh, three minutes has ended, but thank you for your comments this evening. Uh, with that, I'm gonna look and see if there are any other hands raised. Uh, Director Phipps, I'm not seeing any hands raised. How are you seeing any hands raised? Seeing none, sir. Uh, thank you, Director Phipps. Uh, with that, uh, we will close uh, public comment this evening. 
and uh, we will allow the applicant their four minutes and some odd seconds for any rebuttal that they wanted to have, which they reserved their time for. So uh, Zoom team, if you could put back on the clock um, the residual time, that would be appreciated. And if we're, uh, Mr. McDonald and Ms. Hannah, if you want to come back up, I'm not sure which of you wants to do this section. Yeah, can you all hear me okay? Uh, yes. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, and, and for everyone participating tonight. Um, you know, we appreciated the comments and the feedback from the commissioners and the public. Um, there was one follow-up item, really more informational, that I just wanted to clarify with respect to the proposed traffic mitigation and how that would be accomplished. Um, so what the condition of approval there says, it's condition 22, is that um, the applicant would pay its fair share of constructing that improvement or, and this would be um, prior to any issuance of a certificate of occupancy for the site, um, that they would pay its fair share for constructing that improvement or they would construct the improvement directly and then be reimbursed um, from the city um, based on its fair share of the cost. And so that would that how that would play out would be at the determination of the public works director. So I just wanted to answer that question um, that was coming up. Um, you know, in conclusion, though, we have been um, this project has been pending before the city since 2016 when the application was first filed. Um, it, this application has been deemed complete since 2020. Um, there has been repeated um, outreach and collaboration with the city to provide, you know, responses and answers to the different questions that have come up, additional studies, expanded studies beyond that completeness determination. And um, on behalf of the owners, you know, they appreciate the collaborative relationship that they have with the city. Um, we think this is a wonderful project that will benefit the community of Sausalito um, will provide some much needed jobs and has been designed to be sensitive to the governing general plan standards, the zoning standards, the standards set forth in the memorandum specific plan. We know that there's a lot of sensitivity because this is a beautiful part of the city. However, we have a project that is fully consistent, fully compliant with every single governing standard here. Um, and so given that, and given the tremendous benefits that we think will come from this project, we are asking for your approval of, of the project tonight. And so that we can move forward with our ten, pro proposed tenants, potential tenants to start doing some really exciting and wonderful things here. And we think in the end, it will be an overall improvement to the waterfront and to this portion of Sausalito. So thank you. Uh, thank you for your comments. Brent, do you have any additional comments? Not at this time, no. Okay, thank you. Uh, all right, well, now I'm going to bring it back up to the dais, uh, and we can talk about this project. Um, this is, uh, I'm going to sort of frame where, where what, what our choices are. Our choices are to, uh, and going to the staff recommendation, it's to approve the resolution for the ISMND, and then approve a resolution for the design review permit, and then the conditional use permit. 
Alternatively, we can approve the design review permit and the conditional approval, uh, conditional use permit with modifications. We could continue the hearing for additional information and or project revisions, or we could deny the design review permit and the conditional use permit and direct the staff to return with a resolution of denial. Uh, I'm gonna comment on the last one. If we are to not deny this project, we do not need to uh, make a decision on the ISMND because it becomes irrelevant in in regard to the fact that the, if we don't have a project, uh, we don't need to determine whether the ISMND meets its standards. So uh, be advised if, if we were to go to that approach uh, that we, we would do the opposite of, of the first thing, which is approving the ISMND first. With that, I'm going to open it up for thoughts from commissioners on how you all would like to proceed. I already see Commissioner Saad's hand up, so I will go to her. And uh, I need Zoom team to unmute uh, um, uh, Commissioner Saad, who's on a cell phone, and I have to figure out which number she is. is I she think it's five? user three, Chair. She's three. Uh, caller, uh, caller three. Thank you, Commissioner Pella. Hi guys, you can hear me? Yes. Okay, great, thank you. <clears throat> um, I would like to uh, make a motion to continue this item. I don't think we have enough information to make a comprehensive decision at this time. I think between all of us, we've made quite a few points here, but just to reiterate on what we're looking for, um, there's a needs analysis. Uh, we don't have the easement information. There's an agreement for this parking situation that we don't have visibility into. And I think we um, have some consensus that some of the drawings are not what we're seeing in our packet. So based on the fact that we just don't have a complete look at what we are trying to make a decision on this evening, um, I'd make a motion to continue to a date uncertain. Okay, uh, before we get a second on that, let me see if there are other comments. Uh, Commissioner Feller. Um, well, I, I appreciate Commissioner Saad's um, uh, point there and, and her motion. I mean, at the beginning of this, I was actually um, going to make a motion for denial um, for a multitude of reasons, uh, mainly of the 13 findings we have to make. I think there's one of them I can make. And so the question really was, if we get all this additional information, is that going to make an impact to being able to... Um, for the applicant to make proper amendments uh, to actually respond to the findings that we have to make. Uh, that being said, I think Commissioner Saad has made an excellent point that there's quite a lot of information that we still don't have. And I'm gonna finish where I began uh, at, at the beginning of this hearing. And that is I implore this applicant to please listen to the commission please go back to those two study sessions. They were not frivolous study sessions. They were meaningful. There was a lot of substance. There was some great conversation, uh, some good comments. And I can point to just about everything that we said, um, you know, starting almost two years ago and not, and we really have not moved the puck forward. And, and the onus is on the applicant now to really respond 
uh, to the direction and the input and it was in the constructive feedback that we were giving. We, this commission wants every applicant to have a successful project. Study sessions are a great way to get there, but if you're not going to listen to what we're asking for or our feedback or input, this is an exercise of frivolity. So um, I would uh, happily uh, second uh, Commissioner Saad's motion with the caveat that um, this applicant, and uh, I would ask Tricia and CDD staff, please don't have this applicant come back in front of us again until we can get these loosens tied up. We want to set it up for success. We don't want to not hear this again, but we don't want to hear the same thing on a different day. Um, and just for the record, so it's clear and there's no ambiguity here. I can't make findings uh, two, three, four, five, eight, ten, and thirteen. Thank you, Commissioner Fellow. Uh, Vice Chair Junius, uh, any thoughts before we get to motions? Sure. Thank you, uh, Chair Luxembourg. Um, interesting hearing tonight. Interesting project. Um, I, I will have to say I'm. Um, I was very skeptical early on, and in the you know, I, I actually I, I I walked by the site a fair amount. I, I'm very familiar with uh, the marsh and the wetland. I'm very familiar with the paths. I'm very familiar with how this site lays out. I live just up the hill uh, from here, and I'm down there all the time. Um, and I, you know, it's an interesting part of the city. I think it's it's interesting that it's zoned industrial, given the fact that there's quite a bit of office use there. Um, and non-industrial uses in the in the vicinity. Um, it's a it's a marina. You know, there's there. I don't think there's any question that the proposal for the uses appears to be um, consistent with the zoning um, to the extent that Sausalito, you know, wants to encourage marine uses, encourage the working waterfront, um, attract uh, very incredible tenants like Candela. If anybody's not familiar with Candela, I would incur, I would urge you to go to their website. Um, they're a hydrofoil electric boat company. Um, I've actually seen one out in the bay relatively recently. Um, it's a, it really is would be an interesting and, and fantastic catch for Sausalito to land a tenant like that. That said, it would have been nice. Um, and directing these comments, you know, back to the uh, the project sponsor here, the applicant, um, you know, would have been nice to have, I, I understand you're not going to have leases, but some type of expression of interest, not that we don't believe you, but, um, you know, it, it, it's, it would have been nice for somebody from Candela to have written a letter or your other possible tenants and the other blue uh, technologies you're thinking about. That would have been helpful to get um, an idea of, of the interest, not that anybody's making commitments, but if there really is interest uh, for those type of technologies and those type of tenants, uh, maybe it'd be, it'd be helpful for this commission to hear that because you certainly, this is an extraordinarily sensitive part of the city. Um, and you heard that tonight and you knew that coming in, I'm, you know, I'm, of course you knew that. Um, it's, and, and I'm given my background, I know exactly what you're going through. I know exactly how difficult it is to deal with view impacts and deal with public concerns like this. Um, but you, you got to figure out a way to, you know, balance, <laughs> balance the issues out a bit and, and having some, uh, you know, some additional uh, understanding of, uh, of what the uses might be, 
uh, would I think would be extremely helpful to me and maybe the other commissioners as well. I, I, I have, you know, I, I've been really struggling with this for quite a while in terms of the uses. Um, in, in my world, it's easy to, uh, you know, when we're, we're usually pretty, the, the issues aren't usually use-based, right? It's when you have a housing project, you know, it's going to be housing. It's usually in the right place for housing. And we talk a lot about size and density and things like that. You know, other commercial uses, you know exactly what you're getting. You know, it's going to be a hotel. You know, it's going to be a retail establishment or a restaurant. Here, we're taking a chance in some respects because, you know, I, I hope there's a, a demand for this type of space. Um, and I hope that the tenants will come if it's built. But, you know, we don't really know that. So there's there is a little bit of concern on my end uh, with respect to that. But um, again, if Sausalito wants to be a leader in the marine technology world uh, and support the working waterfront, um, this very well could be a great project. Um, but I think you're hearing tonight that we're probably not going to be able to get there. Um, so I, um, I'll definitely support a continuance um, if that is the will of the commission. So thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Junius. Um, well, uh, as you all know, I, I hate continuance, especially something that's been going on for five, six years. So, uh, but I understand what the commissioners are saying. I. Uh, we do need some additional information. We need inf information about easements. We need information about abutting properties, access. Uh, but this is not, uh, I want a second, this isn't just about we're missing some, some, some documents. Uh, the design needs some modification. We told, we said this at the first study session, we said it at the second study session. And if, if this comes back the same way it is, it's, it's not going to make it. It's going to get denied. So, I, I encourage the applicant to fix it. Uh, I think that um, the, the, the use and, and the marine ship plan work well. What, what they're proposing here and the idea of electric boats or the idea of the kayaking and all of those uses are great uses. I think the architecture is, is uh, the idea that this doesn't block views from uh, from uh, Galilee Harbor, and they took the one photo from the one five-foot spot on that whole uh, wharf that doesn't get the view block was a little disingenuous. So they, they, you know, this is it's never going to be small enough to do this, and it needs to be two stories. But uh, as I think Commissioner Saad said, this is on the shoreline, and we're trying to encourage not to be 32 feet where possible. So. I think that that needs to be looked at. I think that the um, parking, uh, there needs to be parking for some visitors that uh, for these uses. So uh, some arrangement where there's visitor spaces and there's reserve spaces and something that needs to be addressed. So I think the plans need, uh, so I assume the plans are just wrong because we can't have October 2021 plans and also listen to what happened at the study session. So I. I think the plans need to be updated, and and if the will of the commission is to continue this, I'm I'm very hopeful that when it uh, when it comes back to us, that it would come back with uh, uh, design changes that address these concerns and come up with a project. This, as people have said, this is one of the largest projects we have before us in the last several years. It's centrally located. It's a critical aspect of the marineship. And it's got a great concept in use. And so if you and if some tenant's going to take two buildings and they really wanted them different all of a sudden, then maybe it's a time to rethink 
what exactly what the buildings are because the tenants that they thought about when they this was envisioned in 2015 before a pandemic may be different than the tenants that they're going to have today but they've got a design from before the pandemic so uh again i hope that they take this to heart uh, uh at this point i'd be willing to entertain a motion for the the motion that commissioner Saad said for continuance and i heard a second so uh, with the, now that we have a motion on the floor, is there any further conversation or discussion? I, uh, I would just, I mean, um, excuse me, Chair Luxembourg. Yeah. I just want to make sure that uh, staff uh, understands uh, this and can help um, communicate this to the applicant. And as it relates to the findings that I rattled off, that that was clear. Uh, as well um, before we take roll call, just for clarity purposes. Let me ask, do you want the findings specified in names rather than numbers? Is that helpful or? Uh... Well, I mean, I was just going through the 13 findings on the design review. Obviously the ISMND can't, you know, we'll, we, we can't, that would have to be continued. We can't do anything about it until we know that we have a design review that we can approve. Right. Um, and then, you know, I, I don't, I don't ha currently have much comment on the CUP other than I'm assuming this is like a grab and go sandwich shop and not some fine dining. But um, I just want to make sure that staff understands the comments that we're getting. So because this is continued to a date uncertain, we are hoping that all these comments, which are mainly repetitive from the last two study sessions will be um, taken to heart and actually responded to. So Tricia, do, do you do you understand what what we're commenting on and what the direction is? Uh, yes. Um, the main thing would be that you are looking for design changes in order to make those findings and to uh, look at changes to either the height or the orientation of the building um, to respond to those findings. Is Would that be a correct statement? I was just trying to get a little more specific on what kind of changes you might want to look at. I know you don't want to design the project for the applicant at all, but I'm just um, trying to see if it has to do with height or orientation or both or combination of all. Yeah, I think it's consistent with the comments we've made at the last two study sessions. We have some issues with the, um, again, I'm going to use the word deliberately, monolithic uh, nature, the view quarters that we've talked about. There have been other comments in the study sessions. If the applicant goes back and looks at, at those sessions, um, I think there were some comments on the materials looking sort of cheap. There's no sense of uh, a sense of place. Um, you know, th this is a this is a significant you know development in an area of Sausalito that ha is a great opportunity uh, to create a, a, a sense of place. And um, we're we're hoping um, that there is some architecture and planning that will reflect that um, for generations to come. So, so um, again, I would refer everybody back to that, but let's get back to I, yeah. the, the comments that we've provided in terms of the findings. I wanna make sure that you have that information. Commissioner yeah. Saad made put a motion on the floor. I second that motion. 
And that's why I rattled off the, the findings that I could not make. If someone wants to amend that, they can do that, but I'm ready ready for a roll call when you are Mr. Feller, can I, because uh, I'm, I'm struggling with, uh, in attachment one, um, uh, Ms. Stevens has listed findings by letter, not by number. That's why I'm, I'm okay. I, that's why I raised this issue. So if, if we go to attachment, are you, are they, are you going to the code or are you going to her staff? Or where are you getting the numbers? I'm doing, I'm doing table six, but we can go, we can, we can okay. battle it off however you would like. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have a preference. I just want to look at it at the same time. And I'd so like attachment to... one has a, has a A, B, C, D, E, F, G okay. kind of thing. So let me look at table six. And Sergio, did you want to um, uh, give us some direction here as well? So, I mean, as I understand it, the motion is to continue. It is not to deny this project. So you would, you would be anticipating that the applicant takes the feedback that the commission is providing yeah. and the direction and comes back at a future date with potential revisions to the project? Yes. Yes. Correct. Could you direct me to table six? What page is table six on? I'm just trying to find it quickly. Uh, 19. 19. So as long as staff is clear, um, I think okay. let's, uh, there's a motion on the floor, Chair. Is, yeah, can, can you just say, can we can re reiterate the numbers again? I'm sorry. I had um, two, three, four, five, eight, ten, and thirteen. I do have all those. Okay. All right. So there's motion on the floor. I don't know if you guys want to amend that. Uh, does anybody have any amendments to the motion on the floor? I'm just looking at the numbers here. Equipment. Um, I don't wish to make an amendment. Um, uh, uh, I, 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 I do want to make a general comment about, uh, I, per, uh, I don't have an issue with uh, having a, a sandwich shop that serves the, the staffing that they have, and 20 seats seems appropriate for the number of staff that's projected. So I know the applicant said something about deny the CUP. I, I don't have an issue with something that's of the scale that they're talking about. Um, so I just wanted to make that comment, but um, so we I'm, just, have I'm, I'm just checking the finding list to make sure that uh, if there's any other um, um, any other things that they may want to look at. Um, exterior lighting, good landscaping, location, adequate light, uh, project. Yeah, I you know I would I would add. 10, which is traffic to your list. And uh, and as the currently designed, I am a little concerned about the general plan. So I would add one in 10 to your list of concerns for uh, the design uh, reflecting, you know, uh, what what is best for that area. So, okay. uh, but that's not, the, the, the findings aren't part of the motion. We're just trying no, to give some general direction to the applicants so they didn't because they last time they said we weren't clear so if we give them a complete list of findings that we're worried about they'll they'll be able to design and redesign this to be better uh anyways any any additional comments or questions on the motion uh so it's a date uncertain 
uh, which uh, we just need know, a roll call. We need a roll call vote. Thank you, Commissioner uh, Feller. Commissioner uh, Director Phipps, late our public here. Director Phipps, could you call roll call? Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad. Yes. Commissioner Graff, uh, excuse me. Commissioner Graff is abstaining. Commissioner Feller. Yes. Vice Chair Junius. Yes. Chair Luxembourg. Yes. Motion passes. Thank you. Uh, next item on the agenda is um, communications. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, commission, city staff, if you could uh, give um, uh, uh, up any updates that you have for this evening, if any. No updates this evening um, for myself. Thank you. Okay. Uh, um, uh, City Attorney Rudin, do you have any updates? Uh, no, not at this time. Thank you. Okay, we'll move on to subcommittees. Before I do that, I just want to make a uh, point of information. Next meeting, March 1st, is in, uh, will be in City Hall, and we're required by the new law to uh, send out a one-way communication to have a quorum in person and there are, if you can't attend in person, there are restrictions in the law to allow you to tell tell the community and what they are, and you can all review that. But I'm going to be asking uh, community developer FIPS to contact everybody prior to that meeting to make sure that we have a quorum in person. So uh, he'll be asking that question as that time gets closer. So, and he'll be doing that for every meeting going forward to make sure that we don't end up without a quorum. So. I uh, just want to make people aware of that uh, on the uh, subcommittees, uh, the objective design and development standards, uh, uh, Commissioner Fellow and Vice Chair Junius, are there any updates from the last meeting? I think we're meeting tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to get to bed so we can meet tomorrow. We got to meet tomorrow. Well, that's good. So that that's good. Uh, there's a California housing legislation working group. I'm not aware of any updates on that either at this point. Nothing to update there, Chair Luxembourg. Okay, standards and conditions will be coming in the spring. Uh, Ferry Landside working group, uh, I understand that we're going to have a presentation before us at some point in March. Is that correct, Director Phipps? That is my understanding based on communications that I have had with Department of Public Works Director McGammon. Uh, okay, uh, HIAC, I think we can take off this list. Is no, that... We can take that off the list. No, 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 no. no? HIAC, HIAC is not over. The housing no? element is not over. We will be getting comments back from the state to what was submitted. Okay. And um, the working group, uh, Commissioner Saad, you and I will, will need to be working with uh, the city council working group as our original working group before. Understood. To any of those comments that come in. So um, even though we met our statutory requirements and submitted and, and all of that, the housing element is not over yet. Yes, could I suggest, I, I would like to uh, rename this working group because it's really the housing element. We're, uh, it's in a housing element working group now. It's no longer HEAC. So. That's fine. Okay, so uh, we'll do that going forward. Uh, but you are correct. Yes, there's a lot more work to do, and uh, as comments come back, so 
Um, I was just commenting on the HEAC part of that, which was um, uh, dismissed, so to speak, by the uh, uh, city council as having completed their task. Uh, Parklets, uh, uh, we'll be having a work, uh, uh, I can report, we'll be having a working group meeting uh, based on some comments from the city council at, at, at uh, one of their meetings and we'll, uh, that'll be say, being set up sometime in, in March. So we will, we will be doing that. Um, uh, master plan working group, uh, uh, Commissioner Saad, Commissioner Fellow, can you give an update on scoping of that? So uh, we did meet. Um, we are moving forward with scoping uh, what the master plan, the citywide master plan should include. And uh, we're preparing that and we'll coordinate that with Director Phipps. Uh, we did send a communication to the city council for their priority budgeting, uh, imploring them again to prioritize this as a quote unquote mission critical uh, issue. It is not a uh, lavish thing that we need. This, these are basic tools to provide basic services. Uh, and it's important to have uh, as a decision-making tool for all the other mission critical items uh, that the city uh, needs needs uh, to be making. So um, we, um, we don't have anything to table yet, but that will, um, once we coordinate with Director Phipps, that will come uh, to the commissioner be circulated through a one-way communication for any comments before that um, the scoping goes to the city council. And the idea behind that is that that scope, we can then put a budget to and then um, uh, identify uh, roles and responsibilities of both city staff, commission, or um, working group members, and then the consultant. So we're working smart and lean and mean rather than uh, abortive or redundant work. Yeah, that would be appreciated. I'm glad your folks are doing that. I think it's an important document. And also, uh, uh, I think we'll, uh, if Director Fix can try to get a uh, an estimate before it goes to council so they have a, a, some idea of, this, of, of the budget impact of that. So um, that would be appreciated. Um, with with that, or do any commissioners have any additional items they want to talk about? Commissioner Fellow, yes. Yeah, I would just like to um, uh, ask that we please schedule the sea level rise and subsidence task force for a presentation to the commission. Since so much of our work is coordinated with their efforts as well, we really should be, um, we weren't able to do that at the end of last year, but I think it's really important. So where they're available and where we have availability on our agenda, I would like to ask that we include that. And then another couple items that sort of have fallen by the wayside is enforcement. Uh, we need to have regular updates um, and presentations. And, and if they are presentations, if they could be um, perhaps a, a business item uh, so that we can engage and also take public comment, that would be helpful. But enforcement is increasingly important. And we have received public comment on a couple different projects um, that I, I don't know if there's any report out on those um, by Director Phipps, um, but um, I know that the issues up on Sausalito Boulevard uh, continue, and if those cannot be resolved, um, I think uh, I would ask staff to look into it, um, the potential of a stop work order until such time as those issues can be rectified. 
thank you, Commissioner Fowler. I will comment that uh, Director Phipps and I, he, he is trying to schedule that code enforcement update to, to the commission. And so he, he is very aware of and trying to schedule that for one of the meetings in March. So he's fully uh, was uh, is fully aware of that and is planning to do that as well. So, uh, Director Picture, any more comments on that or? Um... Uh, no additional comments, but for uh, I agree, we are working on it. We are aware of the request, and uh, we plan to bring it to the commission sometime in March. Okay, thank you. Uh, any other commissioners have any other comments or Commissioner Fowler, do you have any other comments? No, thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you. I know this has been a long evening and uh, we will look forward to meeting, uh, meeting in person on March 1. So uh, you all have a good evening. Thank you all. Thank you. Bye, guys.